help. This is how I win. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. Hate, 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 hate. Double hate. Load entirely. You're out of order. You're out of order. Everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you. A lot of dancing. Kirk's not. Who's surprised? Not me. All right. Listen. Welcome to 2010's Oscar edition. This community hates me. I'm going to say this off the front. This community hates me. I asked for a list in advance. It takes forever to get to me. And then we finally have a show. Again, I need lists for tomorrow uh, for next week. It's rom-coms. Send in a list. I don't care if you've been on the show. Please send it in. If not, it will be me and Coho and Kirk just showing up, just yelling about the community and why we hate you guys. Oh, so, don't said listen. Uh, I want to do that. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. Also, you may have noticed YLS now has a letterbox account. Um, I have now graded. I'm going to go back and log some of the past lists. Combined lists. I'm not doing individuals because I don't fucking care about you people. But I'm going to go back through. I'm going to grade the list overall what the grade was. I'm also going to do the top 100s for each list that we had. Um, give it a final grade on it. And then I'm also going to troll everybody's accounts when I see a review that I hate, and I'm just going to go in there and just be angry. It's going to be me, but it's faceless. So that's what the internet loves to do. Uh, welcome to 2010's Oscars. Uh, they couldn't overlap movies, and they couldn't give the award to the same person so or the same uh, award that won. So Moonlight couldn't win Best Picture or La La Land if it was there for 12 seconds. Um, uh what we're doing is we're going to be better than the Oscars themselves. Because Don't Look Up is a pile of garbage, and it was nominated for Best Picture. Kirk. So. Yes! Yeah! So is Tick, Tick, Boom. But overall, I'll go back to hating all movies. Better than uh, Don't Look Up. At least the Kirk that hated all movies was consistent. Yeah, you know. Emotional, damn it. <laughs> I absolutely love that you added that. Thank you. That is my favorite sound on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> if we're canceling this call, um, me and you agree on things not in the 21st century normally. Yes. So, how are we going to do tonight on you picking the winners for each of these categories? Uh, you know, uh, probably not good. I didn't want to send in a list because I was scared of you. And then I was more scared when you told me you, that you would be mad if I didn't send in a list. That's it. So, That's yeah. I just want to say I didn't know that the bitch's back is back, was back for our music because I didn't watch the first part of last week. I hopped in in, like, the middle. So, yes, uh, the bitch is back, is back, and uh, I couldn't be happier. Thank you for being we're back on YouTube. So, thank God, I'm really tired of that. Hopefully, yeah, it's co sent to the right spot. He's been known not to. Um, uh, next up is Spence. Uh, I don't think we agree on all like most movies ever, but uh, how do you think you're gonna do tonight picking the winners for these categories? Have I ever done good on YLS? The, the, the important thing is that better me, Cameron Holtzman, is here. 
when we were separated nicely. They're saving Christmas and team panic attacks. We're fine. I can hopefully not come in last, and that's not going to happen. That's possible. Um, Kirk, I'm going to do a peek behind the curtain. You sent in your list, which I was kind of surprised because I think you hate the Oscars, or I mean, you hate film. But the thing is, you sent in your list and go, What's I like and you hate me for? I'll take the F now is what you said to me. I will say that like you you were not uh, last place. You'll take last place now. Do you think you're going to come in last tonight? Well, if you, if anybody knows me, uh, they know some of the movies I would have talk about for 2010s. If anybody knows Cody, they know why that's not going to go so well. So, I mean, I think there are a, f- a few people here who may be able to help me stay on last place. I'm not sure. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I do appreciate being the uh, token non-Kingsman to come talk about the Oscars. That's always fun. <laughs> you know, Kirk, I can always count on you to show up. By the way, he also needs Cindy Lumet movies. If you have not sent it on the list to Kirk, he is doing that show in two weeks. Cindy Lumet. I'm working on it, Kirk. So he would like to uh, I'm not. talk about movies. If not, Kirk will pick up a different thing and talk about that. And Watch those set. movies. Send in your list. Um, and next is Holtzman. Holtzman, I think, has a really uh, hit or miss track record on the show. I don't think you've ever really like lost the show, but you don't win I'm all not, the time I, either. I, I think I've my first two appearances, I won and then I lost. <laughs> That's fair. Because I lost the musicals episode, and then I won overrated of the two thousands because I didn't put the Dark Knight on my list like some people in this community. That's fair. Um, yeah, I I like movies. <laughs> I don't know what to say here. <laughs> How are you gonna do? Um, I think I'm gonna do actually pretty well. I think like I think there's really only one pick on my list, which like you will be adamantly against, but you also know that it's me, and you know that I couldn't not put that movie on my list anywhere. That's fair. Um, have you found out what the color purple is? Uh, it's a it's a Steven Spielberg movie that was nominated for a lot of Oscars and then won none of them. It will not be on my list. Congratulations, by the <laughs> way, on winning the last one standing. Um, I will say. Uh, all right. So how the work how the show is going to work tonight is each person had to pick a uh, out of the ten categories. It was picture, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, original screenplay, adapted screenplay, score, song. Think the, and director. I hope so. uh, then they rank that based on that list, and then uh, they pick the winner. One movie per thing, or one person from that movie. Um, first up is Boatman. You're gonna go ten nine eight. We're gonna yikes the movie, and we're gonna also yikes the performance if that happens. But other than that, we'll go. <laughs> so, sorry, I'm gonna clarify because I don't think this got clarified beforehand. If I have one performance from a movie, and someone else has a different performance from that movie. Do we still yikes? Yes, because we're going to talk about the same movie at the same time. At least we always yikes the same movie. Because I'm not going to sit there. Before. I'm good. Yeah. Thank you for the viewers, Kirk. <laughs> I'm not going to sit there and talk about one specific performance in the movie and then focus on the other. I'll just talk about it all the time. Boatman, 1098, and what categories you put it where? My 10 is Margot Robbie and I, Tanya for Best Actress. My nine is up uh, for the song up, excuse me, from Sing Street uh, for best original song. I have Sing Street as my 10. Uh, I'm going to say yikes. Okay. Okay. Further down. 
And my eight is uh, Best Supporting Actress, Billy Lord in Booksmart. Yikes. Shut up here. Margot Robbie in I, Tonya. Uh, this is, I think this is a fantastic performance. Uh, this is a movie that I feel like, as time has gone on, has kind of taken just a hint of a beating, and I don't like that, because I think this movie's really good. Um, I, I think Margot Robbie, she hits a lot of the comedic notes, but like the scene where she's told by the committee that she can't state anymore is legitimately, I think, fantastic, like heartbroken acting. And I think it's really tough to play this character because you have to basically be able to laugh with her, laugh at her, be mad at her and feel sorry for her. And want her to succeed it, it is a real kind of tightrope walk of a performance and i think robbie nails it completely uh yeah uh so i think this performance is probably overshadowed by allison janey just a little bit. I think she's probably the stronger of the overall movie, but I'm not I don't disagree with you. Um, I guess we'll, uh, the best way to describe it, we'll put all the actresses in my head like against each other at the end and see like where I think. But I think overall, Margot Robbie does a fantastic job. I'm surprised. I mean, it has some sporting elements in it for you to put it there. A little, little shocking. But um, overall, yeah, Margot Robbie, I think, uh, uh, stands out. And I agree. That scene at the very end uh, when she's told she can't skate, she's like, but I came close. <laughs> doesn't matter if it's gone which is honestly looking at sports that's a pretty harsh ban when we're looking at it like overall like where it came from like never again that's crazy um okay uh spence 1098 uh, my 10 is sing street rest original song so i think drive you like yikes yeah my nine is uh for best supporting actor is andrew garfield from the social network uh yikes Thank i was gonna say yeah, and my aid for best for best adapted screenplay is Gone Girl. Okay, this is a movie that I think I grew on a lot uh, over like repetitive watches because the first time like, I'm a big fan of Gillian Flynn as an author, and when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, this isn't great. She can't, they changed a few things only and it works totally well. And ever since then, I've seen it like I think like three or four times, and more and more I realize like how incredible of a script it is not only just the like like the twist not only working so well but on repeat viewings as you're seeing more and more of amy's plans being created each step like intricately planned and executed while uh ben affleck is like nick is looking for her and even beyond that i think that i think the dialogue works, works really well i i tend to have a problem both like in my own writing and seeing other people's of having like a clear character voice of like everyone sort of sounding the same and I think this movie has a great way of like everyone sounds different and distinct. You can tell all of their motivations and backstory just with their dialogue. And I think I, I feel like a lot of like great writers even have a, have a hard time doing that. And I think Flynn and adapting her own book created just like this really incredible, tight, while also very fast and smart script. Uh yeah. So Gone Girl is on my top 100 i think gone girl's absolutely incredible i think it may be my favorite venture i think it is i think it's my favorite venture uh 
Uh, no, second favorite Avenger. Second favorite Avenger. Sorry, I always forget the other one exists. The times, but yeah, my second favorite Avenger. Um, uh, yeah, uh, me and Coho were talking about this prior to this. And Coho thinks you're insane for putting God Girl as you. Is I think it's the weird thing is that you're as much as I know you to have Gone Girl as the script of the decade is kind of like, I wouldn't pick that right away. Um, but he said that uh, Roseman Pike's character is the reason this movie works more. And then like, and then he would have given it to Whiplash because over there, but I said JK Simmons is the reason Whiplash works. So it's kind of the same double-edged sword. Um, I'll just say briefly, I, I tend to fa favor adapted screenplays where I'm familiar with the source material because I can see how it changed. That's why I lean this way. That's fair. Um, overall, um, <laughs> goes mad um, but no, I, I think this is, I love the story. I remember the first time because I didn't read the book before, but we're watching it play out on screen like mind blown the first time and it's still i still have that effect so uh yeah couldn't agree more uh great choice wouldn't honestly be mine right away but uh yeah uh, but it's in my top 100 some movies fantastic and i think it's because of the script <clears throat> kirk take okay. away gonna preface the way i made my list a little bit before i give my uh picks oh, um the the hardest ones for me were uh, lead performances and screenplay categories because there were so many good ones to pick from. Um, for the lead performances, I had a, some movies I had to give to other categories that used up some pretty good performances. So what I did, I made a real long list of both lead actress, lead actor, had a bunch of names uh, that were all really, really good, but none really stood out from one another. So instead of taking one of those, what I basically did was with both my lead performances, I kind of just gave uh, some recognition to people who throughout the decade I thought deserved recognition. And then for adapted and uh, original screenplay, uh, both of those, um, again, I think that was the, the widest field because there's so many great screenplays. Um, so I basically went away from like the Oscar Beatty stuff and just picked, I went with my heart more than my head on the screenplays uh, to get something that like, that I enjoyed, stories that I enjoyed. And um, that again, I want to give recognition to. That said, uh, my number 10 uh, best actor, Bradley Cooper, Silver, Lin Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, number nine, best actress, Shorsha Ronan, uh, for Little Women. And number eight, best adapted screenplay, Dr. Sleep. Okay. Um, I went with Bradley Cooper because as I was going through the decade and looking at performances, looking who got nominated, I, you know, realized what a strong 2010s he had. His filmography is really good. He got nominated a couple times. He had a really, really great decade. Um, and, you know, there were... Three, four times throughout the, the decade, he could have won, never did. Um, so I just kind of like picked his name because he's somebody who, uh, who needed, uh, like I said, I think needed recognition. And Silver Lines Playbook, full, uh, full disclosure, I picked that because it's the one I watched most recently. And I think his performance is super strong in that. Um, I just love how vulnerable he is in this. And you could say like he does like the crazy thing and it's easy to do crazy. Um, but there's also some real subtle moments. And just the arc he, the character has where he's like so convinced that if he does these things, his wife will take him back. And you know it's not true. It's not going to happen for him. And it's so heartbreaking to see him go through that, that transformation of, you know, realizing it's not going to work out for him. Um so that's uh, that. That's why I went with uh, number ten, number nine, uh, best actress, Shorsha Ronan, Little Women. Um, not passionate that much about this particular for performance, but my girl needs an Oscar. Uh, Renee Zellweger won this year for Judy. I uh, haven't seen Judy. Don't need to, uh, need to see it really to know that Renee Zellweger probably didn't deserve the Oscar. She has two. She probably have zero. Shorsha has zero. She probably have two. So this pickup helped the universe balance scales a little bit. 
Uh, and then my number eight uh, best depth in screenplay is Dr. Sleep. Uh, it is hard to make um, history shows over the past 40 years. It is very difficult to make a good Stephen King adaptation, no matter what. Even the good books sometimes make really, really bad movies. Um, but this one, Dr. Sleep had so much pressure going because not only was it a sequel to uh, the you know the, the the iconic novel, but it's also happens to, that novel also happened to get turned into one of the you know greatest horror movies of all time. So there's a lot of pressure. How it's going to work? It's going to be a sequel to the book to the movie. Can't be both because they're very different. But somehow it does. It pulls it off. It is a sequel to both the book and the movie. Um, it's a sequel to the story of the book, but it's a, or the story of the movie, but it's a sequel to the characters and the themes of the book and i think uh they made a perfect choice they picked the best of both worlds um what worked in the book what worked in the movie they took all those things and put them together and made something really beautiful um i think it's a great story it's a great continuation to, uh, of daddy's journey and what he's been through so many great moments the the aa scene uh you know him with the girl and everything um really lovely story scary story um and a really strong screenplay Okay, so your ten silver line, uh, silver lines played by Bradley Cooper. I'm I'm with you on that. I think Cooper has a great uh, 2010s. Um, I don't know if this is the movie for me because um, I think like a Star is Born. I think I probably would take him in a Star is Born more, and I'd probably take him in American Hustle more. Um, but overall, not a bad. It's number ten, so I'm not going to hold you too much. I just think I. I always like to, you know, listen, uh, let me put on my bulletproof vest before I pull out the gun to shoot because you're like, oh, listen, these are all the reasons why I pick these people, uh, just so I don't uh, take you down too far. Uh, but overall, Cooper, I'm not going to get mad about Cooper. Uh, number nine, hopefully Scott Harvey isn't here. I think this is fine. I th This movie is fine, in my opinion. I... I thought it when it came out. I haven't watched it really since. I never have any interest to really watch since. I think the better performance is probably Florence Pugh playing the little get little girl in the movie. I think me and Kirk will agree on that. Um, but overall, I think her performance is fine. I think she's better in other films overall. Um, we'll talk. Yeah, um, but overall, fine. Saoirse Ronan. I think she definitely deserves she's going to win an Oscar at some point. There's just no doubt about it. She's winning one at some point. She just hasn't won one yet. So she's young. She'll have plenty of time. Um, ask Lynn Close. She's still waiting. Um, and number eight, Dr. Sleep. Well, well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. I have been dying to watch this movie for so long. I've never watched it. I watched the three-hour director's cut. This movie's in my top 100. This nice. movie is absolutely incredible. Uh, all hail Rebecca Ferguson and all she does. The woman, there's scenes in this movie. One, if you would have told me a few years ago, hey, would you like a Shining uh, sequel outside the Overlook? And I would have said, fuck no. No way. Why? Then to see this, insane. There's a scene in this movie that made my jaw like completely drop. I think it's one of the best scenes in the when she is baseball. When, huh? The baseball scene. Everybody says the baseball scene. No, not the baseball scene. There, the, that's a really good scene. But when she is flow, she's going to the girl and flying over the earth and like 
lands and like everything about it just the the way they build this world out so complex back and forth um is insane i think that i it ended it was three hours and i was like do i have time to possibly start this again (laughs) because i was i was engrossed in it i thought i think everybody in this role and especially the ending and the way they bring people like bring you back into it is nuts like when she's at the typewriter and then like the whole thing goes it's not like well done kirk finally got me to watch it coho's been telling me for a long time to watch it a ton of people have been telling me um i made my correct list by the way of adapted screenplay dr sleep is not the winner just to let you know if i did it dr sleep would be my winner this year so uh crazy i've 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 been talking about this movie nonstop since I saw it. I think it's great. So, um, overall, Housekeep, housekeeping real quick though. Um, Bradley Cooper uh, was best supporting actor for uh, Silver Lines Playbook. He got what he got nominated for. So I don't want to get accused of category from. That's fair. Um, oh, I will also say top hat. Very terrifying. Now I, I don't trust anybody in a top hat, <laughs> and will ever trust anybody in a top hat. Um, uh, Cam ten ninety. Uh, yeah, I want to preface my list with a statement. I pick things I like. I'm not going to take that long. Um, uh, also, knowing the people on this panel, two of my three things are going away. And by the people, I mean Spence. Um, <laughs> sure. uh, so my number 10 is Best Actress, and I picked Nomi Merlant for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yikes. Uh, my number nine I, is best adapted screenplay, and I picked The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yikes. Uh, and my number eight is best original song, and I picked Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name. I was going to say, hey, everyone hey Dylan, else you can, you can exit the chat. Then. You can exit oh the chat. You, you nice. can exit the chat. No, Kirk, you can, you can That's that. a rough take. Uh, put him in the video store. Uh, anyways, Mystery of Love from Calling by Your Name. Uh, I will openly state I don't necessarily love this movie. I think it's good. I don't think it's amazing, like a lot of other people would say it is. But I think this song is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, <laughs> stop taking away my thunder, Dylan. Uh, uh, I think this song is just beautiful. The context which is used within the film is heartbreaking, where you see him just sitting and crying at the fireplace. But just like the the simplicity of just like the strumming of the guitar with Sufjan Stevens' voice, which is so haunting on this song, it's just beautiful. The lyrics, uh, like when you actually pay attention to them, are just like really hard to listen to in a way. But the song is just so beautifully constructed that you can't help but love everything that's going on in it. Uh, yeah. Fuck Coco. This should have won. Excuse the fuck. You suck. You know I'm right. Um. So I've been on record. I think. Well. Um. I don't. I've rewatched this movie. I don't care for this movie. I don't like this movie. I don't think it's great. Um. I think the music, the song is fine overall. Where it plays in, like I get it. Would have been my winner. Um. But I did rewatch it for this. I watched ten. I rewatched like ten movies or watch movies new for this um and yeah i was making sure like maybe i missed something didn't miss anything but overall song wouldn't be my choice but i don't hate it song was kind of the hard thing 
Uh, what I can take offense to is uh, Coco. This should have like that's just disrespectful. So that will be reflected in your final grade. But that's fine. Oh, overall, not too bad. Um, man, I'm still pissed off at Dylan. Um, uh, <laughs> this just pissed me off. Uh, two and a half stars. Wow. Well, um, box three, I cut. I might like it more. All right, time to take off the boxing glove to put on the boxing gloves, punch each other in the face, see if you can hit Bo- Boatman. Let's go. I have nice drive. No, just my seven, as in the category of original score, it is Michael Giacchino's score for Inside Out. Uh, yeah, I think that this score is really good. I, I really like the theme. It, it you know, the do do do. I, I, I just really, I'm not gonna sing, uh, but I, I really like that. Uh, I, I, I think Giacchino is just one of the best like composers whenever he works with Pixar it's all he always hits it out of the park and I think this is fantastic score um I like the way this does sound like very emotional for lack of a better word like it's cerebral but it's like emotional it really does kind of I, I like the way Giacchino kind of molds this score to to fit certain things and I I, I think it's a it's a really good score and I think it fits the movie super well. Uh, so I will say is um, this is the best part of Inside Out. Um, and I, I won't say that's any like any negative whatsoever. Um, I just think this plays the best. I think this draws the emotion. I think like there are different things, but I think this helps the overall. Because what I realized on the recent watch of Inside Out is I like Inside Out, but the pro like it tells a very hard story, like overall of this girl having to leave and stuff. But they mix so many com- comedy elements in it, and I understand it's for kids. Like that's not what I'm trying to say. But like there are movies like Coco and stuff that draws like real emotion, but still has some flavor to it. Uh, that's what the problem with Inside Out is for me is it's it's emotional, but then there's always like. Ah, let me hit you in the head with a, a racquetball after like you know it just doesn't like carry the same notes for me so that's why it's never ranked really high for me but i think the score when it draws the emotion it really does um help like when she's on the bus and stuff like that like those uh, moments that's the reflection so i agree i don't know if it's the best score of the 2010s overall i think they're better but i can understand why uh everybody else on the score of inside out I won't lie. Uh, I don't remember the score that well, um, but I do like Giacchino a lot, and it's probably good. Um, the only Pixar scores that I could pick out of a lineup would probably be Monsters Inc. and The Incredibles. Other than that, um, I, they're like, but that's me. That's not the, the score's fault. Um, I'm not like a huge like follow the score guy. So, but um, yeah, like I said, if you were to give Giacchino the Oscar, I'm going to get behind that. It's good. I don't have like any big thoughts about it. I think it works like in like these very like overwhelming, bombastic, emotional scenes. Other that, I don't really notice it. And for me, I, I think a good score is like, oh shit, that's a good song. And I feel like all this movie is just like, oh, my music's there, and just, that's it. Until it's just like big, like I want to make you cry, which is what Pixar is sort of doing in this decade. Uh, 2010s weren't the best for them score wise. Uh, yeah, I really like this score. I think it's uh, quite good. I think it 
like with like it really makes inside out what it is i think like without the score being as good as it is the movie doesn't work um it's not my favorite giacchino score it's not my favorite pixar score uh but i think it's good and uh coho stop being offended backstage <laughs> cody you're muted no, he, will, don't tell him what he will always be offended. That's who he is. Um, uh, okay. Number six. My number six is in the category of best adapted screenplay. It's from a person who should not have been nominated in the category of best original screenplay recently, but his adapted screenplay for this movie is real good. It's a big short. No, God, please, no, no, no! This, this screenplay is good. Look, don't look up suck. Don't look up suck. This screenplay is real good. Right. Uh, I, I think the writing for the big short is super smart. Because uh, obviously, A, you get just the mean stuff with, like, I think all the characters are great. I think there are so many great little lines and digs in this movie. I love all the stuff with Front Point uh, and Steve Carell and Hamish Linklater and uh, Jeremy Strong and Rockus Ball. I think that's a whole lot of fun. Uh, Tell me the difference between stupid and illegal and I'll have my wife's brother arrested. Like, that line's great. Uh, I love uh, Ryan Gosling as Jared Bennett. And when he's breaking it down to Jeremy Strong, it's like, yeah, right now I get the sprinkles. And when the time comes, I get the cherry. But you get the Sunday, my friend. You get the Sunday. Like, that's great. Uh, I, I think there are just so many great. And the way this movie explains the really complicated concepts that it's doing. Like, I think that's the difference, right? Don't Look Up is a movie that explains very basic things about itself whereas the big short is explaining very complicated concepts and i think doing it in a really fun and entertaining way uh specifically i like uh anthony bourdain's cameo i think that's super fun um explaining like the the mortgages being compiled and uh put together i think that's a lot of fun and yeah, I, I really like this movie and I think the writing is really good. The writing is what works in this movie. Uh, 100%. That's what makes this movie uh, as good as it is. Um, I rewatched it again. It went up on rewatch. Um, it takes a complex um, subject matter that Tony Scott would be very proud of because he likes to when like over like put the plot like here's all these facts that you need to know about this thing that I'm telling you about but they do it and they do it in such a way and it, it even is just so self-aware of itself and knows exactly what it is because it's like that's a lot of stuff here's Margot Robbie in a tub to tell you exactly what's going on like she has to break it down or there's also that scene where it's like Here's a poker example of what is all going down. Like, there's so many, or Blackjack. I love this movie on rewatch. I think Steve Carell is absolutely incredible in this movie. Um, I love when he's like sitting through the, um, the meeting and they're like, You're not going to hijack a meeting. <laughs> Gets on the phone and just walks away from them. I thought you were doing therapy. Yeah, it isn't working. Um, but like, that Sunday part is like, So, like, how are you fucking us? Is basically how he says, like, if I'm doing this, 
tell me how you're cooking this. Am I getting the sprinkles first? Yes. I'll get the cherry, but you get the hot fudge, you get the ice cream, you get the actual sundae. And it's just like when you put it that way. And like the actual wrestle with is like when Brad Pitt's character is like, you're celebrating right now, but every time the unemployment drops a percentage, 40,000 people die, like, or whatever it says. Like, that's crazy to think of. These people were basically gambling on people losing their homes and losing their lives. Like, and, and Steve Carell, if we sell, am I any better than them? Like it's a complex and I, it has that smart humor that plays with it. And I think what helps is the screenplay of it. They could have overcompensate stuff like Christian Bale, when he has to crunch all those numbers and stuff, like it's another movie that on this rewatch that I was like, Oh, that's fine. But it held up even more on rewatch. So Great choice. Adapter screenplay, both of you guys right now, Dr. Sleep and Big Short, great two choices overall. I think they're both fantastic. What'd you put? Gone Girl. Gone Girl's great too, but I think these two are better. Oh, okay. Because I think their scripts have more to say um, overall. Um, Everybody else on uh, the Big Short? Um, I'll talk. Um, (laughs) um, So I want to quote a conversation that was had Earlier this week, if not, I think maybe like yesterday when I watched uh, Don't Look Up, uh, the reason this movie works is because when Adam McKay is political, he is very condescending towards his audience. And I think that works in this movie because you legitimately don't really like most people watching it don't really know and don't understand the situation that is happening here. And so that works. When the other two Adam McKay political movies happened, they were disasters because he was showing you stuff you already completely understood and knew. And so it just seemed like he was being condescending and being a dick for the sake of being a dick. So do I think the screenplay is great? Absolutely. But Caleb Bowman, you are an enabler of Adam McKay. And I cannot <laughs> say. No, I will pause. That's, that is the best way that I've ever heard it described because you're 100% correct. Because, especially in this, and don't look up, why Kirk is a total hypocrite sitting there, and I will say that to his face. While don't look up is, we got the point of the movie four minutes in. But he decided to beat us over the head for the next two hours to say, you understand now? But the big short, they had no shot to bang us over the head because none of us do mortgage law. So none of us know what's going on. And they're like, do you know how many pages that is? Uh, Yeah. And I read it all. No one reads it all. Not even the, just the lawyers who put it together. Perfect example. That is a great thing. But I will say, Adam McKay, go back to doing complex stuff that we don't actually fucking understand. And like stop Step doing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Or That's the did dream. He do, did he do Talladega Nights? Yeah. yeah. Didn't understand NASCAR. Did fine with it. Let's go with those. Um, Spence. I'm really happy we live in a world where your list sucks is not hosted by Caleb Coho. Because I don't want to live in a world where someone loses points for having the big short on this list. I fucking love this movie. I've wanted to revisit it for so long. I'm worried too because I hate Adam McKay now, apparently. Uh, but no, this is just a really incredible just job that he did. Like, I, I think we all talk about. Like they, they explain the hard topics and everything and making it like stomachable. But also like he has he has this great way of like making frenetic pacing 
but never losing track. Like, like he's able to like hold the audience's hand and take him through it, even by like running a marathon. Like he is going so fast, all this like I am there. And the fact that you, the fact that you're able to maintain that incredible pacing is phenomenal. Listen, I gave Don't Look Up two and a half stars. That's an Which average rating. For you, is a four star. I think that's average. Read my bio. It's average. I, I believe the term I used in my review was tolerable. Your fucking bell curve. I called it tolerable, okay? <laughs> Big Short's fine. Which one would you rather watch, Big Short or Don't Look Up? Probably a big short. One sec. Uh, movies Kirk shorter. has given the same rating as Don't Look Up. I sent this message yesterday. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Booksmart, Prisoners, Lilo and Stitch, Nightcrawler, Scream, Toy Story 2, My Cousin Vinny, No Country for Old Men, and more. Fucking hell, bro. Um, <laughs> It's like I'm a person with opinions or something. It's weird. It's like you're the villain of Letterboxd. <laughs> there's, there's a reason that uh, a lot of people have hosted the show, and there's a reason there's a second host for this, and it's Kirk. Because <laughs> um, uh, he doesn't back down. Uh, he just changes by uh, by uh, pressure Kirk from the does community. think your list sucks uh, most of the time. <laughs> um, Bowman, what's your five? My five is in the category Best Supporting Actor. It is Leonardo DiCaprio for Django Unchained. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I think that, that's... Here's the thing. I don't think this is pandering to Cody. This is... <laughs> okay, listen here. You, you're back there looking like a... Don't do that. You're back... Okay. Looking like you're shot up. You're backstage, looking like you're Mr. Robot. Shut up, okay? You're not a hacker. You couldn't hack into a the loop. Emotional, <laughs> damn it. Anyway, that's okay. This is a great performance. Uh, I I like um. I, <laughs> Yeah, th uh, this is a great performance. This is, I think, one of those like textbook, like fantastic performances. Why didn't get this get nominated? Because this guy is like clearly awful person, but it's not like he's playing this like cartoony villain. Like this dude is kind of just an idiot. Like that's kind of I think the most fascinating thing about Calvin Candy is he wants to be like this kind of cultured, refined person. And yet, he's, like, clearly just dumbass. Like, he wants to pretend like he's French, but he doesn't want anyone to actually speak French around him because he doesn't know French. Like, I think that's really funny. But again, he's also just a terrible person. And that is showcased in the scene everyone talks about because it's legitimately one of the finest moments of acting, uh, the, the blood scene with Kerry Washington. And I think that whole scene is, is great and yeah, DiCaprio just absolutely transforms into this role. Like, not that he doesn't usually transform into a role, but like he feels completely unrecognizable in this. And the the fact that this is like, oh yeah, DiCaprio's gonna play this role. Like to think about the movies beforehand, like DiCaprio really doesn't have anything like this in his repertoire before. Like, this is like the type of thing you give to like a character actor, not really like leading man DiCaprio, and I think that's such a brilliant piece of casting, and I think DiCaprio knocks it out of the park. 
Um, I think Leo arguably should have won back-to-back years. One for supporting, one for actor. I think, honestly, he's giving two of the greatest performances back-to-back, in my opinion. Uh, Django is one of those. I Everybody claims, like, when he cuts his hand and he does the the scene is great. I think he does so much work prior to that scene alone. Like, that's, like, when him and Schultz are at the fight, when they're fighting, and he has him killed... And he just looks at Schultz straight in the face. Like the the way that he looks on his face half the time is just his body language is doing things is insane. And especially at the end when he goes to Schultz and says, shake my hand, like that scene, like refuses to let her go because of that. I think it's great. I've always annoyed this year because I think Waltz is great in the role, but Waltz is playing like a Southern, like a, a, the same version of Hans Landa, just more comedic this in this performance. Like, I think he's good, but overall, I think it's the same tune. Um, and like this man is absolutely one of the most despicable people. And for him, for Waltz to win over DiCaprio is kind of insane. And did he didn't even get nominated. No, not right? even nominated. This this nuts. I just don't know how you watch the same movie and be like, well, the guy next to him is really good, but Leo, what the hell are you doing? Like, this just seems weird to me. So, um, yeah, DiCaprio, great performance, understandable, can't argue with it. Um, and when you said te- you said textbook in like your like talking about this movie, and I really thought he was going to click the 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 pandering clip again. You he missed a moment. Uh, everybody else on Leo. Uh, yeah, uh, this was very nearly my pick, uh, for this category, but I went with something else. Uh, this is, I think, one of my favorite performances in any film. I think this is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I fully agree with the statement of, like, like, as great as the scene where, like, he cuts his hand open and it's actually real is, like, everything around that is just as strong, and that's what makes this performance work, is, like, He's consistent all throughout, and it isn't just one great scene. Um, yeah, I think he's legitimately like funny and entertaining at times, and then can turn around and be just like completely terrifying. Definitely should have won this year. The fact that he wasn't nominated, insane. I yeah. haven't seen. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, good. I haven't seen this since 2012, so I don't feel like I have a very strong way to like have my think that was fucking 13 at the time and stupid. I might be out of love t- with Tarantino at this point. I don't know, so I'm just like, very iffy on if I still like this movie. I honestly think the worst thing that ever happened to Leo was that he cut his hand during this scene because that's all anybody talks about. Is, oh, he cut his hand. He's trying to get an Oscar because he cut his hand, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I mean, everything going on in that scene is just so amazing. It's not just that scene, like everybody else said, like the scene with D'Artagnan and just how he turns that darkness on and off like a flip of a switch. And then, you know, like he's talking to him, like, it's just so sweet. Like, and he just encapsulates, uh, like that whole mentality. Like, Boatman said, he has that veneer of sophistication, but he's really just like white trash. And, uh, you know, he plays both sides of that so well. Like, that scene that the scene where he's introduced and he's talking to them, and you really don't know, you're, you're getting a feel, you don't know what he is. Um, just builds such a great character. Um, I think a lot of it is on the page, um, but he does so much with it. Uh, yeah, very easily could have been my pick. Um, I'll explain when I get to my best sport actor. I'll explain why not. But uh, yeah, no, no problem with this pick at all. Especially when I was saying one thing. Especially when he stares at Jamie Fox when he releases the dogs on that one scene and just like yeah. stares at him is just 
just the sickest human being. And he, I think, I think he makes that character ten times worse than he actually would have been on, like by a different actor. I also think that. All right, what's number four? My number four is in the category of best actor. It's that guy. It's that guy right there. <laughs> I'm in danger. Marlon Brando? Cody? <laughs> it's Michael Fashion the Kutcher? Donkey. It's Michael Fassbender. Is that the chair? <laughs> yes, it's the chair. The chair. The chair gives a really good performance with the flash guys. I basically think it's Well, that chair is definitely for supporting because it supported me for like five hours on top of while I was <laughs> Anyway. Uh, I nice. Who's <laughs> going way over with the clip? <coughs> Make it up for last week. Anyway, uh, Michael Fassbender and Steve Jobs. I think this is an incredible performance because one, it has to be an evocation of a character we're all really familiar with, and I think Carell really, Fassbender really gets the the cadence of Jobs' voice down like flat. Like if you listen to the comparison, he's he really has it down, uh, but it doesn't just feel like an impression. Uh, Fassbender basically has to track jobs from three different points and essentially not really getting to make the subtle transformations that like a lot of like movies that showcase like the transformation of a character. It, it's like, okay, he's here, 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 he's here. It's like, no, he's here, he's here. He's here. There's no real room to play in that, like, transformation mode. He basically just kind of has to, like, pick what this person would be like here and then just kind of continue it. And I think that's a really tough job, and I think Fastbender does it so well because you see him in the beginning as just brash, and I, I love the moment when he's talking to Michael Stuhlbarg, uh, and it's Sorkin using Sorkin dialogue again. But uh, you had three you had uh, three weeks to make the demo run. The universe was created in a third of that time. And then Stuhlbarg, of course, says, well, one of these days you have to tell us how you did it. Uh, but just any moment or when he's talking to Seth Rogen, I play the orchestra. Uh, that That's a great scene. Uh, and then towards, you know, you've got him at the uh, next demo where he's on his feet, but you can tell he's hungry and he's prepared. And then you have him in the last third of the movie where he's clearly humbled a bit, but he's still got those, you know, kind of more aggressive tendencies, but not as bad as they were. And I think that those three modes, it, it's such an impressive performance in my opinion. I love this whole movie, uh, but yeah, I love this. I think the performance is the best thing about it. He's all right. Uh, I, I, I've thought his performance is always good. I've never seen it as great. Um, and that's just me. He's no Ashton Kutcher. I'll say that. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I think, I think Fassbender is great in mostly everything he does. It's just it never is something that has like went above that for me. Um, I can understand why you and Coho, you know, 
drink the Kool-Aid heavy on this movie. Makes sense. To me, I do wish the movie was a little different. I've always said that, and I know that's weird for me, but I would like a little bit more of a traditional biopic on jobs. I get it, the three reports. That's interesting, but that's what my take on. Um, uh, everybody else on Steve Jobs. Well, Fastbender as Steve Jobs. Yeah, I mean, the man bought Pixar. He's a really smart dude. Uh, no, I, this is incredible. He would probably make my top 10 lead actor performances of the decade. Like, I love him in this film. I don't get how Cody could love him. I, like, this is just like an incredible and probably Fassbender's best job as an actor, period. And that's coming from one of the best of the decade. Just one of like the correct picks, in my opinion. Um, if if we if we get a word ensemble, this would also be up there for me because everyone in this film is incredible. Uh, yeah, I think Fassbender is very good in this movie. I think uh, just the way he is able to capture this character and like the neuroses of Steve Jobs in these high pressure situations is uh, very well done. Uh, I think a lot of that. I think this performance is really good. I think a lot of the strength of it is coming from the screenplay as well, uh, but still a good performance. Uh, I have only seen like the first segment of this. I haven't seen the movie the whole way through yet, so I don't know. I don't have the whole performance. Um, he's good when I saw it. I definitely would go back. I just haven't got a chance to go back and finish the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I like Fassbender, and again, I'm not going to complain about giving him an Oscar. Okay. Pretentious man is uh, done talking, so now we're going to move to Spence. Spence, what's your seven? Neither pretentious nor man. Uh, my number seven is uh, for best picture, Birds being a wallflower. I had that for adapted screenplay at nine. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to keep this pretty short because I talked about it pretty extensively on top 100. But also, I think, like, so when Cody first did the Oscars brief, last time i'm like i don't know if i want to include best picture in my 10 and you it's like oh only these categories i think it's weird to pick picture is like i think this is like the film overall is better than these in small amounts so i said i want to put it at my seven that way everyone can talk about it because i this is my favorite film of all time i love this to pieces i don't think there's a single fucking flaw in it but also like i'm not going to sit here and talk about how a movie as a whole is better than smaller parts of films so it's seven because I love it and I want it to be here, but it's also not going to be any higher because I don't need to be here in the other picks. Fuck off, Bowman. And then I had it at nine for adapted screenplay. Uh, I think just the writing of this film is really well done. I think it's uh, just like a really beautiful, really touching story uh, between all of these characters, just the interactions that they have are phenomenal uh all like the really like there's a lot of moments that could just be like small throwaway lines but they're written so well and just placed so well in the script that uh they work uh, i think having uh coho can say whatever he wants about steven chabosky we're not talking about that other movie or the other movie we're talking about perks of being a wallflower and i think having him who wrote the book also adapt the screenplay and direct the film uh, really did a lot for the story, really did a lot for the writing. Uh, just a lot of great quotes, a lot of really funny, really heartfelt lines. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful story, and I love it. Um, 
Well, I, I I understand what you're saying is why you didn't want to do picture, but some people's favorite films of all time is not in the 2010s, you know, so like they could branch out like yours was. So I understand why you don't want to talk about it versus everything else. Um, Parks moving for Wallflower is fine. Fine. Three and a half stars for me. It will never probably go any higher. Um, I did look up this guy who wrote the film and whew, what a track record that man is. That man has uh, seen some shit. Uh, <laughs> like, good lord, like that is interesting. Um, so maybe, maybe I I don't think the script is the bad part of the film. I think that's fine. Um, but I don't think the film's overall like great. Like, um, but again, if I was the same age, maybe it would change for me. Um. I do know what song plays when they drive through the tunnel. I will always remember that. Thank you, Shmona. You know, song song. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's in the chipwrecked uh, movie. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, but um, uh, oh, uh, he he is. He, I might just bring him in. He Rent's always been bad, and also Coho stop. He might have more to say than I do. We're not overall, here to defend either of those two movies, Coho. That's um, not what we're doing. But best picture of the decade wouldn't sniff the sniff the top five like to me. Um, but who knows? Uh, everybody else on Parks of Being a Wallflower as the best picture. Oh, okay. Okay, just this, shit on me. Why don't you, Cody? This is this is one of the all time great Pittsburgh movies. So if you want to give a best picture, I'm not going to complain. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's a sweet little movie. I like it. I enjoy it. I think uh, the three leads are really good in this, and it's uh, a real – I like a, a, a coming-of-age kind of movie like this where the characters all feel real and they all feel, uh, you know, uh, like they're like you know they're coming from a real place and they're just made up for a movie, and I, feel, I think all the characters in this movie feel that way, and I really enjoy it. Uh, so, And I know how much Spence loves it. Uh, we have a personal connection over this movie. Uh, I am not going to trash it too much. Uh, best picture, no, but it's it's all right. Boatman, you had some facial reactions to this. I did. I did. First, my facial reaction just to Coho saying that Perks is worse than both Rent and Beer Evan Hansen, and that is a cocaine. Oh, also, Spence makes a valid point here. Butchered Dear Evan Hansen, man, gives it four stars. Yeah. Coho says it's a bad film because it's popular to say it's a bad film. That's not his fucking opinion. He just wants to look correct. You just said he butchered the script, and now you're like, it's not that bad. It's not a butchered script. Look, man, you're Coho on It's not that bad. You lost your arm. It's not that bad. It's just if a flesh you- wound. Like, after this, if, Coho, if you'd like to defend yourself, you can't come on after Bowman talks. But go ahead. He's only mostly dead. Anyway, Perks is actually a, a great movie. I, I think it's a fantastic film. Same time, I, I just disagree with Spence's philosophy on Best Picture at 7. But whatever. I, I won't argue philosophy. I, I, Perks is a movie that is always going to be special to me. It's also a movie I can't watch a lot. Because I connect to it in a very specific way. And it, yeah, it, it's a movie that hits home. Uh, but it, I think it's a really good film. It, I, I think that uh, the performances are all really good. Yeah, I, I enjoy this. Wasn't Warrior shot in Pittsburgh? 
By the way. Yes. Better, way better picture. Okay. But Coho, would you like to come in? And, yes. Okay. Uh, so here's the thing. While y'all dogpile on me, uh, the script for Jaron Hansen uh, was butchered because Chabosky took out a key element. However, the movie Jaron Hansen is better than the movie The Perks of Being Wallflower because the movie The Perks of Being Wallflower butchers his own source material, which is impressive. That's a special kind of awful when you ruin your own fucking book. Um, and the thing is, Jaron Hansen has a lot more redeeming qualities. Better performances. Amy Adams in the in Dear Evan Hansen is better than anyone in the Perks of Being Wallflower. Uh, fucking, uh, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take Dear Evan Hansen over every performance in Perks. Uh, I'll take all the music. I'll take every musical number in Dear Evan Hansen over every scene in Perks of Being Wallflower any day of the week. Um, I think Jaron Hansen as a movie is a better movie. So go fuck yourself, Jaboski. Uh, also, he fucked the screenplay up for Rent. And Chris Columbus was a bad director choice, but the movie's also not that bad because Jonathan Larson's musical is just so fucking good that like it survived an assassination on it. So there you go. Oh man, Coho praising Jonathan Larson's musical. Mark the calendar. Uh, what's your six, Spitz? Uh, hopefully, Coho shuts the fuck up for this one. Uh, it's best director uh, for Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. <laughs> Didn't Chazelle win this Oscar? Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, and honestly, he might have deserved it. Uh, here's the thing: it's really close because I think I think Moonlight's a film that on on paper is sort of hard to work because you're not you're like you're it's, it's like Steve Jobs but less connected. Whereas you're telling like like yes, it's one person's story. But it's three drastically different people. Like you were trying to tell, like the, the this this one man's life in such different like tones, and like the man is just not the same. And the fact that you're able to like pull it all together and see it as one true human is thanks to Barry Jenkins. As a middle camera, the Ratsy, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, Coho. Um, <laughs> I think the Jenkins me, dumb is slut. Dumb. I'm not dumb. Uh, <laughs> I think I, <laughs> I, Who's scruffy looking? <laughs> Same energy. He should have fucking hosted this episode. Holy no, shit. He shouldn't have. I don't think I think we don't under I don't think we appreciate what Jenkins did as able to bring all three stories together and only in a cohesive vision, but also able to add depth to it. I think uh, we normally see directors just like, oh, what they did in front of the camera. And I think the way that he put all the films together, like this is part of, sort of like a best picture thing, where it's like, he, like the film is a lot of like his guidance. And I think that he guided the film into being honestly one of the best ever made, period. And I think we need, we need to appreciate him for it. Question for you. Yes. Jenkins, Jenkins, oh, you can pick either one. Who do you give the Oscar to? Would you have given it to Chazelle? I give if it you to could Jen have given it to I give it to Chazelle because I think there's just more going on there. Although I think Jenkins winning is again equally great. It's basically it's like a half a point difference between the two. Okay. Um. So this is what I will say. Spence wasn't even eleven when Perks came yeah, out. Was Learn 13. to do math, Coho. You're the dumb slut. <laughs> He's not. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> um, so what I will say is Barry Jenkins directed a 
fantastic film that was deserving of best picture. Chazelle directed some Ryan Gosling and a tone deaf girl uh, to sing uh, in La La Land and uh, do an entire performance. She, for the people in she the can't sing. I'm sorry. She, hey, Todd? I, what the fuck? But I, think right. <laughs> I think she's a fantastic actress. I loved her in Corella. I love her in Easy A. I love her in Aloha because I think... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but overall, I think she's terrible in this movie. And I think his, his directing... Not his choice because like, he's not the casting director, but overall, I think the performance, I think the directing Barry Jenkins is doing a master class with what he has to say. He has to basically tell three different stories, like, and does it all correct. Um, it's the facts. I'm sorry. Gosling's great. Emma Stone's bad, but Chazelle didn't deserve the Oscar. Barry Jenkins deserved the Oscar, and they also deserved <laughs> the best director. Um, everybody else on Barry Jenkins and directing Moonlight. Uh, yeah, I think Jenkins did a phenomenal job with this movie. I think Moonlight is fantastic. And I think, like, the way he's able to so brilliantly capture this character in these three stages of his life is absolutely incredible. Uh, just, like, the staging of some of these scenes is fantastic. I think, like, I stand by one of my favorite shots in any film from the 2010s is the scene where you just see him walk into the classroom, pick up the chair, and like smash it over the kid's head. It's just such a great shot, and Jenkins directs the hell out of that. Uh, yeah, and then like the night, like the the t title scene of like the baptism in the moonlight and everything. Like this, it's a beautiful movie, and I think Jenkins deserves a lot of credit for it. Kirk, I think um, <clears throat> Spence kind of hit on the head. Uh, you know, you could say it's like almost like three different movies where it's three different stories. But when I said it's it's three different almost types of movies, like you have like the the the, the childhood coming of age of the thing in high school, the the uh, the scene, you know the, the beach scene when he's a teenager. Then you have that scene with his mom. Uh, at you know uh, later on, you have so many different just emotional things going on, so many different ways. Um, that and I think they're all so well done. Like I said, when I say it's three movies, not just because it's three characters, it's three almost different types of movies and they're all, you know, blended together very well and they're all directed very well. So, um, yeah, this would be my best pick for best director of the decade. Um, but I have no problem, uh, with, with, with being on the list. Bowman. Yeah. This one is one that when I first saw it, I thought it was very overrated. Second time I, I rewatched it. I think last year, and now I am more on the side of this is a really good movie. I don't like the third act. I think the first two thirds are great. Uh, I I think that the third act is not. And that's kind of my big problem with the movie uh, is I think it kind of falls apart there. But I think the first two thirds are really well done, specifically the first third with Mahershala Ali. I think this is his movie. Um, I just, every time I look backstage and look at Coho, how is everybody doing? I am not doing well. Uh, that's all I can see every time. He's like, um, all right, number five. Um, my number five, uh, shout out to Cameron Holtzman. It's uh, Best best Actress, Naomi Merlant for Portrait of Lady on Fire. That was my 10. Ooh, you suck. What, what is wrong with opinion? you? 
I know you. I know you. I know you're around, so you don't need to hate ladies on fire. Uh, Ooh, you suck. I deserve that one. I think it takes a lot for an actor to be able to sit in silence and still captivate a viewer, and I think Merlant does that really well. I think a lot of this film is 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 done on just like hanging stairs, and especially her like um, the way that she sees Adele Hanel, I think it's captured beautifully on the camera, but you see it through her. And it's every part of her body is just focused on the other woman. I'm reading her name at this moment. Uh, but it's, I think that she does a great job of not only that, but it's, I think there's a lot of different emotions the characters go through, which, which sounds a little bit like, yeah, of course. But it's, it's the painting and the running and then at the campfire and just you can see her slowly not only fall in love with the other, with the other woman, but also slowly the, real, the realization comes upon her that she needs to leave. And I think that she navigates it all really well, and especially in the last 15 minutes of her just like at, at like going through life and everything else. I don't think everyone here has seen it, so I don't want to spoil it too much. But just where she ends up towards the end of it, I think she shows like this great maturity of character, and she changes so much. It's, just, it's a it's a brilliantly layered performance. Uh, yeah, this was my 10. Uh... I will fully agree with everything Spence said. I think like uh, Nomi Merlant is able to hold your attention and give such a great performance just through like looks and expressions without even needing to say anything. Like this movie is a masterclass in the long silence, in the like the the lingering look. Uh, just even the opening scene where they're painting her, the way she's able to like portray how uncomfortable she is with being painted by these students is fantastic and then yeah the ending uh is just heartbreaking and her performance absolutely lends to that uh yeah if you haven't seen this go see it it's a great movie if you haven't seen this don't go see it this is not my kind of movie at all two things two things one Pisses me off that Letterbox makes these flames instead of stars. Go fuck yourself. Stop. You're so it's stuck in your ass. No, it's not. Fire. Whoa. No. Yeah, like, I would. I was bored to tears. I was bored to tears in this movie, and I'm sorry. It's just not my kind of movie. I get it. Whatever. Um, I'll miss some symbolism and some master art that I'm fucking whatever. I just. I thought it was bored. I don't think she's in that even that great overall. I didn't think her performance was great. I was I was confused. I thought she's okay, but like nothing that I would like write home about. But again, it's it's classic film community. This thing's bursted up into like this top thing, and everybody thinks I just I was bored. I was bored. Um, it's too long. Drag on too long. The long stare. Fuck off. Just blink. I want to like go to sleep. Dude, it was bad. Um, um yeah sorry i finally got to watch it it's finally um but there was movies that i've watched um and i also heard somebody say that this came out same year as parasite somebody said this was better than parasite you're fucking out of your mind if you think this movie is no it's parasite. perfect nuts um Co-husband am i surprised by this reaction from cody no, no. am i disappointed yes yeah yeah, I, and I went in with the open mind. I wanted to enjoy it. I really did. It just didn't click. It just never clicked. I was bored, I'm, and I feel bad. Um, um, 
Just blink. Yeah, not my smartest thing I've ever said. It's fine. Um, we'll move on. We'll move on. Thomas. Uh, everybody else on Porch will leave you on fire. I gave it two and a half fires, by the way. I haven't seen it yet, actually. I almost gave it a half a fire because it's a fucking fire and not a star. That means nothing to me. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you, Cody. Um, she stares very convincingly. <laughs> um, but I don't think that's enough to merit an Oscar if they ever come up with uh, a <laughs> category best stare. Uh, yeah, definitely retroactively award this. But yeah, um, you hit the nail on the head. Like, there's like, there, there's no like character growth or they just look at each other for like 50 minutes or however long, 70 minutes, and then like some stuff happens. But, and I get it, like, that's all they can do. Um, but you got to give me something. Um, I really don't think there's much going on in this movie at all, like at, at, at any level. Um, but the performances definitely are not that impressive. I mean, and I don't think it's the actor's fault. They're just liter- literally giving nothing to do. They were told, sit there and stare at each other. And that's what they did. So in that sense, they did a great job. But as far as awarding that, I don't think so. All right. Uh, next one. Number four, uh, best actor, Joaquin Phoenix for her. Movie he should have won an acting Oscar for. Uh, speaking of acting in silence, uh, Joaquin Phoenix spends most of the movie acting with no one, which is fucking incredible. I think I think we don't appreciate just how hard that is. That he needs to basically create this really incredible, deep emotional connection with fucking nobody. And most of the film, he is carrying it on his own, on his screen, staring right at the camera, talking to a fucking voice in his head, and it's beautiful. Like this is this is a, this is like in my top five all time for a reason, and it's all carried on Joaquin Phoenix. No, co-host, stop it. You're not on the show. Shut up. I think the I think he was meant that Cody agrees with that take. Whatever. Then he can, then he can roast me. Cody can't. I just think it's really beautiful what he's able to do. And on top of that, like the way the way that he just sort of like the, the way the way that he reacts on everyone else, and it and it shifts between when he's with Amy Adams or or Chris Pratt or even Olivia Wilde or uh, Sexy Kitten on the phone. <laughs> it's I think he just does a lot of really great things. And I think we need, we need to respect like the, the complicated and difficult performance that he gave here and not him dancing on the steps and screaming and crying. Give me last, motherfucker. I don't care. That's my job. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> um, so I liked her a lot. I think her is great. I think he is working by himself. I think, I think Joaquin Phoenix, weird fucker, weird fucker, but one of the best actors working. I think, honestly, he just... I don't think me and Co have the same 2013 actor. I don't think so, but we might. I'm not 100%. Uh, nope. No, we didn't. No, we don't. Um, um, but um, overall, I think I think he's finding her. I think he's good. He's working by himself. He's basically doing it. Um, but Joaquin Phoenix, especially later in his career, has played this like introvert kind of weird guy. And he plays it really well because I believe that's who he is as a person. Honestly, that's a, I think that's a player. Um, not his best of the decade by any means, because um, I'll I'll stand by it. Uh, Joker is uh, way better performance. Not the part that I'm talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, and um, 
but he does a great, great dance. Um, uh, but send him the clouds. I will always say that. But yeah, I have no problem with this. Uh, what was the other best? Is was there another best uh, Silver Linings playbook was brought up and uh, Steve Jobs so far? Correct? Is those <laughs> the three we've talked about? Um, this would be probably top of it. So yeah, I can say about that. Um, everybody else on Joaquin Phoenix in her. Yeah, uh, while I, I am one of the people who actually does like Joaquin Phoenix's performance in Joker, this is my personal pick for his best performance, period. I think he is phenomenal in this movie. I, I really like what he's doing here. Yes, in real life, Phoenix is awkward, but I don't think he's this tender. I think he is really... He, he feels very vulnerable in this movie but not like overly so and i think that's he he's walking a lot of fine lines and he really doesn't have that much off to go on because most of the time he's talking to no one and i think that is a really difficult and impressive element of his performance uh i i think that there are just so many great little moments of acting uh that he has like just kind of a lot of quiet desperation. And uh, I, I think he is fantastic in this. This is my favorite Phoenix performance. He's he's incredible in this. Uh, I want to start by saying I appreciate Bowman saying he's one of the few people who likes Joaquin Phoenix and Joker as though he didn't win an Oscar for the role. One of the few people uh, in this community, I should say. That's true. That's a vocal minority. Fair. I will walk back on that. Um, yeah, no, I think this is a great performance. Uh, I don't love the movie as much as uh, a lot of other people in this community do. I think it's good, uh, but Phoenix is uh, very good in this movie. I think, yeah, the fact that he is acting opposite, like, a phone, basically, and not many other actors for a lot of it is, like, really impressive, and what he's able to do kind of just by himself uh, is very, very well done. Uh, I don't hate the movie. I actually kind of like it. I like the performance. I think the whole like acting against nothing thing is a little overhyped. I mean, everything Spence said about him in this movie, we could say about Colin Farrell and phone booth. It's like the same. It's the same situation. You know, you're sitting there reading your read your lines against somebody. Uh, but yeah, I mean, best actor. I wouldn't give him the Oscar. Uh, but it's a fun, quirky performance in Spike Jones movie. Um, definitely enjoyable and worth watching. Um, but yeah, definitely not that year and. I don't know in general if I'd give it to him in this decade. Choked Christian Rogue with a cat. Give him an Oscar. <laughs> Kirk, you're seven. Ah, okay. Uh, my number seven, I think one of the biggest and worst snubs of the uh, Oscars decade happened in 2016. Uh, there was a movie that could have had the whole, the whole best song category could come from just this movie, and it wasn't nominated at all, and that's Sing Street. Uh, the song I picked was Brown Shoes. Um, I think I think anyone, like, don't get worked up, Spence. I think any one of these movies, uh, or any one of these songs in this movie could have won the Oscar. I think anyone could have been nominated. I think anyone could have won. I think they were all worthy. Um, I picked Brown Shoes because... I feel for me, best song. I look for a movie that like has the most connective tissue to the movie, and I think this one is like the anthem of the movie. It's like the culmination of everything he's been through, and him like kind of finally rising up above, you know, his situation and conquering it. 
Um, so that's why I connect. I love drive to the soul. I think that's great. I think it, a lot of things I just said about Brouch, you probably also say about that song. And um, Up is just a really beautiful song. Um, so, yeah, I think any one of these songs could have been. Um, but I love it. I love all the music from this movie. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a strong pick for, you know. But like I said, um, Spence and Boatman are going to talk about their songs. And I'll most likely agree with everything they say. Uh, who had it in the next one? I had Bowman had it. Oh, yeah, you had it at 10. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had Up from Sing, Sing Street. Uh, you know, this was not a song that when I saw the movie leaped out at me. But uh, it was actually when uh, I was driving or to Minneapolis, or I wasn't driving, but I was going to Minneapolis with Coho and uh, Cameron Redshaw, and Redshaw had this on his playlist. And I was like, this is really good. What is this? I was, I was like, this is from Sing Street. And I was like, oh. And this song has kind of crept up on me. I'll admit, this was not my initial pick for original song. And I've just kind of had this song on a, I have a playlist of like original songs from movies that on Spotify that I listen to a lot. And this song came on and I was just like, you know, I really love this song. And yeah, this has just kind of become uh, one of my favorite original songs in any movie. Uh, and yeah, I think Up is really nice. It's it's the type of song I really like. Uh, yeah. So full honesty, um, I picked Drive It Like You Stole because it was, oh, default, this should have been nominated for the Oscar. And that's what I went to first. I actually prefer Up as a song in general. So give like if we're doing like a voting thing, I'll put a vote towards Boatman because I think he's actually the more correct one here. I think Brown Shoes is the second worst song in the movie. I think it's a little insane to pick that. Uh, but no, I think that like... Ooh, you suck! It's Girls and then Brown Shoes and everything else is basically asked here. Riddle of the Model is worse than both those. I like Riddle of the Model more than both of those. Uh, either way, I think this is a movie that's filled with mostly perfect songs. Anything from here could have been the pick. Honestly, picking, picking anything besides this I think is... All big ask. I think Holtzman got away with it, but this is like the best original song movie for the decade. I've come around on this movie. Um, I, I think that was the last time I talked about it. I think I, I, I don't love the movie. I don't think it's it, like one of the best songs ever. I just overall don't hate it as much as I used to. Um, I think it's overhyped in this community a little bit, but I get it. Um, the songs overall, I mean, I'm one of those people drive it like you stole it. It would probably be the pick for me, you know, but I haven't fully listened to the soundtrack as much as everybody else clearly has. Um, but I will say, driving in a car with Bowman, and he ever looks at you and goes, huh, the song. It's, I guess it was better for that song than um, one little. What was it? One little itch or what? One little slip. One little slip. Yeah. One little slip. Tune you know, into the two thousands Oscars list for when Caleb Bowman. You know what this is for? I know what you're thinking. The worst it's part true. is that's probably true. You're not invited. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. This is chicken. This is from Chicken Little. Not what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, it's fine. I understood why it was not my pick. I'll have a pick at the end. Everybody will be like Cody, what the hell? But overall, fine. Fine. Um, I think Coho's dying. 
music stage. Do I need to take over? I mean, sort of brown shoes because it's a fucking boring song. Um, he's got he's got it. Okay, because he's got a lot to yell at still. Okay, um, Kirk, what's your next one? Oh, uh, my number. Do I not get to talk about Sing Street? Oh, oh sure, yeah. go ahead. Uh, no. Yeah, I I thought about it. A, I knew someone was gonna have at least one of the songs from Sing Street because obviously I think if we're talking about like the biggest snub of the 2010s, absolutely drive it like you stole it. For me, it was just a matter of like a so many songs from that movie were competing for uh, what it should have like what could have been it, uh, and also again, yeah, I knew people were gonna have it. The great songs though, all three great picks. Okay. Okay, my number six is original screenplay, and I think I picked what is probably just my favorite story of the decade. Uh, best original screenplay, I went with Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah! Yeah! Calm down. Because <laughs> this would have been co-host pick, guaranteed. I love this movie, and I love this story. Um, I just love this kind of story. Uh, where you bring a bunch of people from you know, different walks of life who don't know each other and throw them in a situation. Um, I think this movie does this better than a lot of other movies I've seen try to do it. Uh, just a lot of different characters with different backstory. It's all about them making choices and you know living with the consequences of their choices. And you know, just how they come in and they all have like they all have kind of secret reasons for being at this hotel and you're trying to figure it out. And you know, just that journey is is so much fun and the character, so many great characters. Um, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Bridges is the priest, and Cynthia Riva is a singer. And, you know, their relationship and how that kind of grows. Um, uh, and then uh, you know, Chris Hemsworth comes in at the end, and the villain is just such a despicable, great villain, and just kind of like wraps up the whole like theme of the movie. Um, and also, the thing about this movie is it has a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, Cynthia Revo singing like a lot of the songs, uh, just like very haunting scenes of her singing, and then a lot of it just like ambient in the jukebox. And you know, you probably think, well, we're talking about screenplay. What's that have to do with the the uh, the, the, the soundtrack? Drew Goddard, when he wrote the script, he wrote the songs into the screenplay, and uh, when he uh, and when he was selling the screenplay around town, he told the studios. If you're not going to license these songs, do not buy the script. So I attribute the soundtrack in this situation to the script. Uh, and that's just one of the reasons why I think it's so great. Uh, but I love, uh, I, I, I just, I love this movie. I love the story. I love the characters. I love everything about it. You guys have crossed. Nicole, you need a new producer for Wireless. You have crossed the boss, all right? If so. you think he's firing me for your Canadian bitch ass, you can get off my shit. Well, sorry, Co. Just, let's, let's just not have three panelists. Let's see what fucking happens. <laughs> I'll tell you. I mean, he does. You know, normally, the panelists make this show go off the rails, but not this week. <laughs> He's still coming to terms with the fact that Christian Slater isn't real. He's still coming to terms that uh, uh, that was a specific reference to Mr. Robot. He still uh, is pissed that Tick Tick Boom is not nominated for Best Picture. Um, this is a movie. Kingsman have taken I, over. This is, if I nickel for every time someone in the Kingsman called Coho Constantine, I have two nickels. <laughs> right. Um, so, Kurt, this is always like I understand, um, like, 
you loving this film. Like, I don't understand, but I do understand. Like, this is the one that I was like, oh, yeah, Kirk really likes that uh, that movie. I have not watched this in a long time. I've always told myself to go back and watch it. I didn't even watch it for this, which I hate myself for, because I know that I'm going to enjoy it. I was just trying to get through, and again, I thought I was watching the two uh, two two and a half hour version of Dr. Sleep and turned into the three hour one. Um, but I'm going to get onto it. I mean, you especially overlap on a good chunk of movies. We don't agree on everything, but I think this is one that we'd agree on. And I enjoyed it the first time, but I just was, it was one of the, just with the year and just moved on. Um, but I'm going to go back and watch it. Uh, everybody else on bad times. I know Coho loves it. I know Coho loves this movie, so. This is a film I've only seen the once, and I liked it then. And the more I think on it, I think I'd love it on rewatch. I just haven't really gotten around to it. It's like a very good screenplay. I just, I, I want like a more solid memory of it before I like make like a very like strong opinion. Yeah, I saw this in 2018. I remember liking it. Don't remember much about it. So, uh, it is it good? Sure. Best of the decade? Nah. I do think this is a, a good screenplay. I think it should have been nominated the year that it came out because I, I think it's a, a good film. It's not one that sticks with me as much as uh, other films, but I, I do think the writing's good. Uh, I, I attribute a lot of what's great about this movie, though, to the way it looks and the performances less than the writing, but the writing is very good. I will say, too, it took me... I, I liked it on the first watch, but it was my second watch where I really connected to it. Um, yeah, I might I might do a watch along with Kirk on this movie. Well, that'd be what, that'd what, be what, what we do. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, my number five. Yeah. Um, yeah, my number five, I went with, with my score. Uh, I talked about it when Boatman was talking about his pick for score. I'm not a huge score guy. And when I first thought about this, I was like, oh, whatever I pick for scores would be number 10. Because um, it takes a lot for a movie score to, like, A, for me to even really notice it, and B, for it to stick with me after I've watched it. So there's not a whole lot of movies where I could say it does it. Uh, but the more I thought about it, there's one movie in the 2010s that really hit me real hard, and uh, it was Birdman. Um, I love this score. Uh, this is... Uh, like, like I say about Best Real Song, same thing with the score. For me, the score has to have some connection to the movie. And um, I think Birdman overall is the the most well-constructed movie of the decade, where everything from the script to the performances, the set direction, everything is completely honed in on the themes and the tone of the movie. Um, and that definitely goes for the, the screenplay with that... Uh, uh, with that percussion, uh, that is just like the, the 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 soundtrack is just like an extension of Michael Keaton's psyche and everything he's going through in this movie. Um, I just love the scene. I love when it when the when you know it becomes diegetic and the and the drummers are just there and you have that real like just kind of otherworldly thing to it, like you know what's going on. It just that adds to the, the whole feel of the movie. Uh, the scene where he goes outside and he's walking around, the camera's following him, and the, and the drums are just pounding. And the and the guy's screaming that um, you know he's he's quoting Macbeth and just yelling. He goes in that store with all the lights and walks out. It's just such a great scene. It's just it's so well done. And that's and that's and that and that backbeat of those drums just makes that just that constant like percussion that banging. It just goes on and on the whole and it barely stops the whole movie. Um, it's like it's just like jazz playing the whole movie. I love it so much. And like I said, for for uh, a, a score to stick with me like that, it really has to do something and it has to like. Like I said, it has to be part of the movie, like not just music that has to be played. It has to be like a, you know, a, a organic part of the movie. This this uh, score definitely is. So uh, that's why I think she got Oscar. 
I will say that I think this is the best part. Like, I'm not... He, we said the movie. I'm surprised he's not here yet. But um, um, Birdman has always been, like, a mixed bag for me. I like a lot of... I like parts of Birdman, but I also don't like parts of Birdman. So it's, like, hit or miss for me. I think the score is what I remember probably most from the movie. Like, besides, like, Keaton's performance. Um and they're like the stone, the stylistic choices they made in the film, but overall, it just never clicks for me that goes beyond what it is for me, and that's what I've always been stuck with. Um, not a bad choice, I think score is the correct choice if you're going to give it something. If you can only give it one Oscar, like I probably would give it score. Um, uh, but again, just not my kind of movie that ever really clicked. Um, everybody else on the score of Birdman. Yeah, I think. Oh, go, Boatman. I I think that this I I yeah I really like the way it sounds. I think it fits really well within the world of the movie. I think it really depends on like what are you looking for from a score, right? Like I think if you're talking best score is the thing that works best within the context of the movie. This is a fantastic score, uh, and I wouldn't say even take it away from the context. It isn't good, but. This isn't anything I would listen to or think about really when not attached from the movie. I think it enhances the movie, but I don't think it shines on its own for me. Um, but, you know, I think that just is all about how do you look at score, and I think that's all whole other philosophy discussion. This is a really nice sounding score. Uh, I have not seen this movie since like 2014 or 2015. Do you think I remember the score? Spence? This is, I was between three for my score pick and this was one of them. I think it's really incredible. And like, this is going to sound like a fight, but it's not. I don't think that like on paper, it shouldn't be fun to listen to. Because it's just drums fucking hitting and it's basically discord and doesn't sound like any good music. But it's still like you sit down and listen to it and it's still like it's like it's entertaining. I can feel like the anxiety, the scenes coming back and it's done really well. And the fact that it should sound like shit but doesn't and it should be giving should be giving panic attacks by like listening to it is incredible. It's like this is an amazing, incredible score. Okay, number four. All right, this is where I lose Cody. Uh, my number four, best supporting actress, rip off the bad day, Lori Metcalf, Lady Bird. Nice. Um, this is, uh, this is a personal choice for me. Um, I love this. There's so many, the, the thing I, everybody loves, knows how much I love this movie, um, because there's so many great performances from the, the, the larger roles, the supporting, the smaller roles. Uh, everything is so real. Um, uh, everything is, you feel connected to it. Um, it's uh, it, it, um, and her performance. I think it's a four by the one line where she, you know, where you know she's complaining. The you know, lady birds complaining to her, and she's like, "My mother was an abusive alcoholic," and like with that one line, it's like, okay, that informs the entire performance. Like, you know, you see the struggle in her, and her like how badly she wants to get it right, but she just doesn't know how. And I think Metcalf brings it across so well, and so subtly throughout that performance of just that desperation. To like, yeah, I love my kid, and I want to do right for them, and I want to have a good relationship with them, but she just doesn't have the tools to do it. And I think I relate to that on a personal level, just having 
been raised by somebody in that situation where who you know was doing their best but just really didn't have the 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 foundation to do it and also being a parent and being in that situation where it's like I should be able to do better here. I should be able to do the right thing and say the right thing, but somehow I screw it up. Um, I think anybody who's a parent and who says they can't relate at some level to this performance. Or also, um, what's his name? The, the dad. Uh, Tracy Letts. Tracy Letts. I, I'd, get, I, I'd put him in contention for Best Supporting as well because I think he's great in this movie too. Uh, um, and just he's such a relatable dad too. But I think uh, Metcalf just does such a great job with, on paper, not a lot. Uh, it's. She, I think she brings informs so much that situation uh, or that to that performance, that situation of who that character is and what she's going through. Um, and I, I, I just love it so much. Tell me why it's just Aunt Jackie from Roseanne. I was literally writing Aunt Jackie down on my board. That's <laughs> Cody Bingo is saying Aunt Jackie from Roseanne. Listen, I've come back on a few things in the show. I've come back on Sing Street. I've come back on um, It's a Wonderful Life. What I have not come about around on is Ladybird. But what I have come back on is Lori Metcalf's performance in Ladybird. Lori Metcalf's performance in Ladybird is the one thing of this movie I like and tolerate. Because, well, and the dad. I would say those two performances, I think, are grounded. Because I'm with you, Kirk. Again, when I first watched it a long time ago, not a dad at the per- not the moment. Um, but didn't have the tools. Trying to learn on the fly. Trish trying to do the best for your kids as possible. And it's just not working. What I will say, Lady Bird as an c- overall character sucks. Sucks ass. Hate that character with everything in me. I think she's... She is one of the most annoying teenagers I've ever seen, and she makes me feel like an old old man. Damn teenagers! That's what I thought the entire time watching this, and I made—I must have aged like forty years watching it. But Lori Metcalf's performance, like I've never like the beginning scene because I haven't watched it in so long. I've just had this opinion for a while, and I still stand by it. I don't think the movie's that great, but I think her performance is really good. When she's standing there, she's like, what you need to do is just need to do uh, with your work ethic. You just need to do this and blah, blah, blah. She jumps out the car. It's just basically Lady Bird can't handle the truth at that point, but she's literally just pointing out the facts. You're wanting all these things. You're wanting everything gifted, but you literally don't have anything motivating to do it. Um, And I like there's parts of the scene where she's like, I want to apply to all these schools. And she's like, well, the deadline's passed. Like she wants all these things, but she doesn't want to like do anything for it. So overall, don't like Lady Bird as a movie, but I will no longer on this show refer to Lori Metcalf's performance as Aunt Jackie from Roseanne. So great choice. Would it be my best supporting actress of it? No, it's not. But overall, I think there's one better. Um, I think there's a few better, but overall, a lot better than I gave it credit for. So I apologize to everybody that brought Lady Bird before and a lot of people that I pissed off when I said Aunt Jackie. It's called growth, people. People change. Everybody else on Lauren Metcalf and Lady Bird. I just want to say Cody is now in the third act of Steve Jobs. <laughs> he's still aggressive, but he's learning. And he's Mad Max Fury Road still won't cross any positive no. no, We'll see. You might rewatch the first show. Uh, no, uh, Laurie Metcalf is really good. I think that 
it, there are two, you know, whenever there were two front runners for an Oscar race, those two kind of become intertwined as people are like, no, this person should have won. Yeah, this, no, the person who won deserved to win. I think we can acknowledge that I think both Allison Janney and Laurie Metcalf were fantastic performances. They were both great. Like, yes, I personally prefer Janney, but Metcalf is incredible. She is I think the correct person won, but it was a rough that came out the same year. Yeah, it was just two great performances in the same year. That, that's just what it was. Um, put, put either of them the next year, and I'm totally happy them beating King. Um, yeah, I, I would say if if Metcalf had won, I'd put Janney the spot right now. That's who we'd, we'd be talking about. That, that, yeah, totally. Yes. Uh, yeah, Metcalf is kind of the heart of this movie. She's very good. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen this movie in a while, so I don't remember the performance super well. I remember liking it. Uh, I think she. Uh, I remember her being quite good, and I think being my favorite part of the movie, honestly. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't really say anything specific because I don't remember it super well, but she's good. I'm I'm in the Cody camp, but I like this movie. Um, I think she's good. I wouldn't have put her here. I much prefer Allison Janney. Uh, I have someone even higher than this reporting actress because, like, I I think she's good. She's not anywhere near much. Like, she was not even my three favorite performances of the film. Like, she's there. Fuck are you watching? I, here, I, I, I like I like I like I like I like I like Ronan. I like oh. Tracy Letts, and I like the priest who cries randomly. And I think he's like I, I really like his like two or three scenes. God. Okay. Um. Everybody else. Here's how you go sadness and just weeping. Yeah. Yeah. That that part was good too. Um. All right. Seven. Uh, my seven is my pick that I cannot defend objectively in any way, but it's me, so deal with it. Uh, my seven is best picture, and I picked The World's End because it's me. Um, relax. Yeah, it's me. You Tell me to relax me. one more time, you human fucking muppet. You're the one. Relax. Don't do. He is so unhinged tonight. Don't oh, do it. I think he's, I think he's sick. Cereal this morning, Coho. I think he's I am, sick. I am sick, and I'm here, and you all are making my job so much harder by being fucking dicks. Except for Kirk, you're perfect. I love you. Relax. Anyways, okay. the world's end. Um, yeah, I will start by saying the reason that I have picture at seven and not one, like many people likely would have, is simply I sort of did a mix between what I think is my favorite slash best and like what I think is the most like dominant winner in their category, where I had a harder time pit like picking things. Like if there was a clear far and away winner in a category that was gonna be higher on my list. Uh but yeah. The World's End, I think, is just a phenomenal story. I think it's a very underrated movie. I've talked about this movie at length several times, so I'll try to keep this short. Just uh, the way the story it takes its twists and turns is fantastic. It's full of great performances. It's full of great action. Uh, it's got a lot of heart and a lot of comedy to it. Uh, I think the lead perform, the way it uh, switches the performances uh, and like the roles of Peg and Frost from the other Cornetto films is fantastic. I think it's directed really well. I think it looks really, really great. Uh, and it just, I like it a lot. I've talked about it a lot. Uh, judge me, Sir Cody. Uh, this is you. So like of so of the picture that would have been 
Perks of being a wildfire. There were worse year. Edgar Wright movies from the 2010s I could have put for you. Yeah, and also 2021. Um, <laughs> what I uh, <laughs> that movie's shit. Uh, uh, but what I will say is of the best picture, Perks of being a wildfire, World's End, World End's wins. Um, I think at World's End is my favorite of the three. Um, I know I know Kirk's in the camp of Shaun of the Dead, but um, overall, I think this one is. I liked what Hot Fuzz did. I loved what I liked what Shaun of the Dead did, but this was like the it felt the most complete and like the most balanced to me of the humor and stuff. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I understood a lot of the references after having finally watched it because God, this community is littered with them. Um, but overall. I think it's good choice um, for a movie. <laughs> Best picture, obviously, no, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fault you for it because, like, I honestly, like, here's my take: if Perks of Being Wallflower is best picture, not a chance. This one has a lot of things of, of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, of a movie to make sense to. Like, I think it's a great film overall. Would it win Best Picture ever in the Oscars? No, but on YLS, I'm not against it. Um, everybody else will see where whatever that movie movies everybody else. So picks. much better than I thought it was going to. Yeah, I this is my favorite of the thing. I think I gave it four mm -hmm. and a half stars. I had a lot of fun watching it. So, um, uh, Kirk Boatman Spence, what's up? You know, I I think The World's End is great. Uh, it's my second favorite of the Cornetto trilogy, but I think the Cornetto trilogy is all great films. Um. This is Simon Pegg's best performance he's ever given as an actor. I think he's the the scene where it never got better for me after that night. Like that is an incredible moment. And I, I you know, a lot of comedy specifically have that, you know, wild party guy character, but rarely do they explore really the emotional ramifications of that character in a movie. And, like, shout out to Edgar Wright for doing that while also keeping the film funny. Like, that's a really impressive feat, and it's great. Uh, I, I think Nick Frost is very good as, like, the straight man to Gary King. I think he's really good. And I, I like the rest of the cast. They're all having a good time. Uh, Martin Freeman's a lot of fun in this. Rosamund Pike's good. And the movie is... It's got that Edgar Wright style. And the bathroom fight is one of the best fight scenes you will see in a movie. Fight scenes set in bathrooms are great. It's weird. That's a, that's a great place for a fight scene. And I don't know why. So I'm going to say something which people won't expect from me. Cam, I don't know why you're freaking out when you picked on paper the best Edgar Wright film. Like, I think you made of anything, like, of the you picks. Like, it's probably, like, the correct one. I think you were smart here. Like... No, yeah, wouldn't sniff my my best picture list, but I get it. Um, this was really not. I mean, I knew it was going to be a great movie. This was not what I was expecting. Um, uh, th yeah, this I don't is, know uh, what movie you're talking about. Out of the three, um, I this is this is my le least favorite of the three. I mean, I like them all, but I feel like the other two do what this movie does better. Um, but also, this is what I've seen the least recently, so. Um, and I've watched the other ones multiple times. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a camp pick again. It's it's we're in a fantasy world. It doesn't have to be an Oscar made movie, I guess. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I I'm a little surprised 
two, like over. No, this is your number one. This is your number one film of the right? No, this is my number two film of all time. But man, I wonder what his number one would be. I wonder what my number one film of all time is, Cody. Yeah. I can't remember. Look at my panel on the screen. <laughs> what do you see? Okay, fair enough. That's what I thought. Um, okay. Um, weird, though. Yeah. We'll get we'll get there. Oh, okay. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You sent me your list and I still don't fucking remember. Okay, everybody else on... Uh, I think Cody's just impressed that there were only two. <laughs> You're right, Cody? That's true. Um, what's your six? Uh, my six, I believe, is my pick for best original screenplay, and I went with The Big Sick. All right, it's not showing up on the screen. Um... <clears throat> I do not, Coho. I do not think that Soho is better than The World's End. Did you not just hear me say it's the second best movie ever? Um, no, The Big Sick. I think. I think this is just a fantastically written film. The fact that like it is based on the true story of Kumail Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon's relationship, and the way they were able to take this like very painful, traumatic experience that the two of them went through, and like turned it into this movie with so much heart and so much humor at the same time is absolutely incredible. Um, it has so many great jokes. Uh, like the, the one joke that everyone says is always like the nine 11 joke from this movie is so good. Uh, but it also like does a fantastic job of writing terrible comedians. Like all the jokes you see his friend do on stage are so purposefully and intentionally bad that they're fantastic. Um, and then just the moments of heart uh, are brilliant. Uh, like the conversations between uh, Kumail Nanjiani, Holly Hunter, Ray Romano, uh, just the way that they build. And then like the way that the movie reaches its like conclusion uh, where you have the like she wakes up out of the coma. She hears the stuff and she's like, none of like the line where she basically is like, none of that matters like. I was asleep. I wasn't here for that. I didn't experience it is a heartbreaking thing to experience, but it's also the perfect way for the story to keep going. And then just that little tease at the end where you see it loop back to the beginning where she cheers. I think it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Big Sick is one of those gems. Like didn't expect too much from it, but just has so many great pieces of it. Uh, Ray Romano, I'm always a fan of Ray Romano being put in any film overall. Um, but like Zoe Kazan in two of my, my favorite rom-coms of all time, like it's a pretty close, like big sick, uh, the more, I think the more I watch it, but it's one that sticks with me as much as like the humor is, uh, but the real moments that it has, uh, again, I still think that is one of the most, cause they could have done the cookie cutter, like, oh, you've been here the whole time. I love you. But she's like, I wasn't here. Like. Like I was here, but I, I was wasn't in a here. coma. Yeah, that and you thank, put me in. Technically, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being a great. Thank you for being a great boyfriend. But at this moment, but you couldn't have been that when I was awake. So it has a lot of things. I think Holly Hunter is really great. Of that entire scene where he's like, she's screaming at the guy at the um kind at of, the all frat boys have tiny little dicks. <laughs> tiny little dicks just screaming it. Um, and again, of course, it's still the night. But I'm with you. The bad comedy in it, like, is so like, like when he does that. When he does that entire thing, like my my girlfriend, she's in a coma. Like that. 
and it bombs so bad and you feel so uncomfortable. That's the writing of the, the dude in the audience who just says, Why aren't you funny right now? Like is so <laughs> painful, but so good. Yeah, so great honestly, great choice for best original screenplay. Like looking back on it, that's a really good choice. So everybody else on the big sick. Yeah, while you're sleeping is great. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, that like movie is also great. They're both great. <laughs> it is, but not. <laughs> I like this a lot. I was considering it. It's, it's, it's another one where it's like, I want to watch it again just to solidify it. Also because it's like hopping on my top 100. I want to get it in there. But like, I, I fully, like, I vow, like, this is a great, great pick. Yeah. yeah. Good one. Uh, yeah, no, this, this film is fantastic. Um. I, I love uh, the moment where uh, Kirk, oh, sorry, Ray Romano is like, internet with Forrest Gump's bad. Best movie ever. Uh, <laughs> like that, that's great. Uh, Holly Hunter. I love when Holly Hunter stops the heckle. Like that one guy who's just an asshole in the crowd and Holly Hunter just gets up and starts confronting him. Like that's great. Uh yeah, there's there's a lot of great moments with stand-ups, and we are all referencing the 9-11 joke because it's legitimately one of the funniest things you will ever see in a movie. Uh, this was on my short list uh, for best screenplay. I thought this is this movie's great. It's, it's so well written. Um, you know, I'm everybody knows I'm not a big rom-com guy, uh, but this is the kind that's just run up my alley because, like you've all been saying. It's, you know, th there's that realism to it where it's like not just like all fanciful and, you know, everything works. Well, I mean, it does, but, you know, it takes a while to get there. Um, I just love, um, I think Camille is just that kind of comedian who can walk that line, both in his performance and his writing, just between the comedic and the dramatic uh, so well. Uh, and I, I, no one talked about the stuff with his family and you know the scenes where he you know where he's trying to like you know and you, you feel that pressure from him uh where he's trying to like appease them and you know maintain his relationship with them but he wants something completely different for his life and just that whole arc with his family is really good and how that plays in the relationship with her and you know him developing that relationship with her parents that he doesn't have with his um there's just like a lot of real you know like a lot of real life stuff going on there relationship wise um and it's all really good it's all a lot of fun and um, really good pick. Uh, probably would have been like in my like my like top three finalists for this category. Uh, really good, really good. Pick. Everybody talk. Mm -hmm. Okay. While you were sleeping, good, good. Um, it's good. I mean, while you were sleeping is a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. What's your next one? Uh, my number five is my pick for best actor, and I went with David Diggs for Blind Spotting. Yeah. Nice. Cut out said yikes. Oh, I was not expecting that. Um, all right. Well then, uh, my number four, seeing as how I am Cameron Holzman, is best original score, and it's how to train your dragon. Yeah, it's it's me. This is my favorite film score of all time. I think it's just absolutely beautiful. I think John Powell does something magical with the score, like both in the context of the film and outside of this. Like when I watch the film and this these score pieces start playing especially like first flight uh and all of those like are just beautiful and i love them but this is also like when i'm studying when i'm doing homework like this is one of the first things i will turn on just in the background because it's beautiful and it has no words and i can just go and i can like get going with it uh 
I just think it's brilliant the way it uses so many instruments that you don't hear in a lot of film scores at all times. Like there are bagpipes in this score and they're beautifully used and like not intolerable. The score uh, is just beautiful. It elevates the film. It perfectly carries the action and the like drama and the family dynamics and the romance, everything through this film, the score just elevates it that much higher. Uh, Yeah. I love the score so much. Uh, I think this is one of the best animated scores of all time. I just think it absolutely is incredible. I think it moves the entire story along. Um, again, I'm not, so when we put score, I could have put literally any category and I'd probably been better at it. I'm not a big score person overall. Um, I will say there's great scores out there and I can pick those out, but uh, this is one that's always stood out with me. And when you sent it, I was like, I understand. Is it a Cameron Holson pick? Sure. But is it honestly one of the best picks of like score that I agree? Um, overall, um, 2010 so, was a great year for scores. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't disagree with you on this one. Um, I think there's a better score from the 2010s. Um, um, we'll see if we get to it. Um, but overall, um, great choice. Uh, everybody else on this one. I mean, yeah, no, this score is fantastic. Uh, I, I don't think it is the best score of its year, but that's because the best score of its year won, so it wasn't eligible to be picked. Uh, I, I think the best score of the decade won in that year, uh, so it wasn't eligible to be picked, but this is a fantastic score. Uh, what I do one, one, just what? to help me out? What one, just to help me out? Social Network. Oh, okay. Which is a great score. Uh, but uh, this is a fantastic score. Uh, I... I'll bring up the elephant in the room that John Powell definitely took a little bit of the score from this movie, from the score from Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. You can hear it. He definitely did use it, but he expanded on it. So, like, whatever. But, like, what you, Holson, what you really like is the score for Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. This is about the 2010s. So, that movie doesn't exist in this episode of YLS. So, uh, Emotional, damn it! I'm just saying that's that is very uncomfortable. Movie should be on the <laughs> to be fair, score for Sinbad I mean, is great. Sinbad, because if you if you like how to train your dragon, what you really like is Sinbad. This is a perfect sin. Okay, Holtzman is correct. Good pick. If y'all want a good time and aren't on TikTok, hello, my fellow children. Uh, they, uh, there's a very popular mashup of the main theme from this and out there from uh, Hunt Back in Notre Dame. Great mix. Look that out. It's funny how people are different. And, you know, we all just pick up different things and like different things. You know, Holtzman says this is his favorite score of all time. Cody says one of the best of the decade. Um, if you held a gun to my head and played three different types <laughs> of three different pieces of music and asked me which one came from How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> Two chances out of three, I'd be dead because I'd have to guess. I have no idea. I Kirk, no I'd memory. pull the trigger if you got it right. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, yeah. Jesus Christ. I have no, like, I mean, this movie does not stick with me the way it does a lot of people. Uh, I'm on record to say that, um, but I have no memory of the score. 
Um, one, there's two things. Bowman literally said, I'm going to get ahead of this. And I don't know if that's was just a joke or not, because I can't, couldn't tell. But like, I know it's your controversy of Sinbad's <laughs> no one. Because I knew, yeah, I knew Koho was going to bring it up because I'm the one who brought it to Koho. And now Koho's made it his thing whenever someone brings up that attorney dragon's part. And two, about- oh, I will say, I will. Person shocking. <laughs> I will get ahead of this. Uh, the emotional damage one is a TikTok sound. I found it hilarious. Uh, probably not the best context, but uh, I find it funny. So if we get canceled, fuck off. Um, like everything TikTok, Cody. Coho signed off on it, so I will just throw it to Coho. <laughs> um, all right, threes. Yeah. My number three is in the category of original screenplay, and it's very fitting that it is number three. Because it's a friend of the three. It's the way laid back. Yikes. Oof. Holy fuck. <laughs> All right. On three. the movie, not the category, because we've already seen my original screen. <laughs> uh, my number three is my favorite performance of the decade, period. It's Billy Lord and Booksmart. I don't know what else there is to say, man. Legitimately, she's perfect. She uh every joke that she does, she sells it and she commits so fucking hard. I would go as far as say she is like in my top ten favorite actress performances ever, period. Every time I revisit revisit this film, I am into it the second whoa, she whoa, whoa, whoa. The second she shows up, I am into it. She is the thing that sells the film for me. It's like yes, Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Beaver are amazing, they're perfect. I love them both in this. Billy Lord. Gives one of the greatest comedic performances ever, and we need to we need to address it as such. Legitimately, perfection. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is my eight. Um, she is giving like one of the. I I you know comedies have kind of suffered in the 2010s, and I think that Billy Lord is giving like one of the most standout comedic performances in a long time. Like she just steals every scene she is in. She she just hijacks the movie in like the perfect way. She is just such like just you can't look away from anything she's doing in this. I'm a golden starfish. Like that's great. Uh like the, the the scene where she drugs them, everything, and I love the mystery around the character of Gigi because she's just always she's always at places somehow before the characters. I think that's such like a great gag that works so well. Billy Lord just her comedic timing. In this I love any scene her uh, she's working off of Skylar Gisando. Because they work off each other so well. She's just so funny in this movie in a way like that. I, I don't remember the last time a comedic performance has really like captured my attention to this level. She's incredible. This is my least favorite part of Booksmart. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I do not like this character in Booksmart. I find her absolutely annoying. I find there are so many other characters in this movie that I enjoy. Um, and this is, I like I like her more than the animated sequence, but not by much. I'll say that. And I hate the animated sequence. I When I saw this both come in, I was like, oh, 
God bless America. Like, yeah, so whatever. Don't understand it. Won't understand it. Cool. If we've learned one thing from YLS, it's the more we make you watch a movie, eventually you'll like it. So I'll keep picking it every time I'm on until you change your mind. Because this is All right, you're no longer on the show. That's cool. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> Everybody else on Billy Lord. Uh, yeah, it's no secret that I love this movie. Uh, I definitely thought about this performance, but my supporting actress pick uh, was clear-cut the moment that I started making this. Uh, I think Gigi is fantastic. Uh, just such a funny character. I'm a golden starfish. It's such a great moment. Like, she is playing that character always, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, she is constantly running at a 12 uh, and just, like, has so much energy uh, like, I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere in this performance it was, like, the Jake Gyllenhaal Nightcrawler thing where it's like, yeah, she never blinks once in this movie. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if that was true. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. I thought about it, but my pick just, yeah. Yeah, um, I disagree with Cody. I, I definitely believe she's the best part of this movie. Um, I like the movie. I'm not as high as, obviously, as the rest of you guys are on it. Um, I do agree with some of the complaints about how it's kind of derivative. I think her, her, this character, this performance is what sets it apart, makes the movie unique. Um, what I love about it is that in every like high school comedy movie, uh, that character is based on a trope like some kind of high school trope. It's the nerd or the jock or somebody. Uh, she is just a completely original character. Um, and a lot of it's written that way, but I think some of it comes through as before, but it's not jokey at all. It's so sincere. And she just plays it so straight and so great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be my pick for uh, for an Oscar win, um, but it's it's a great performance and it's, it's, it's hilarious. You liking this. Be consistent, Kirk. What the fuck? Jeez. Like good movies, Cody. You like good movies for once. Hell okay, yeah. Chicago yeah. could be up here next time. Oh my god. Okay. Kirk, three. My number three? Okay, it's a good night for Michael Fassbender. He's winning another Oscar. Uh, my best supporting Oscar, Oscar goes to him for 12 Years a Slave. Um, this performance uh, is... It's very similar in a lot of ways to uh, Leo in uh, Django. Uh, does a lot of the same stuff. Uh, the reason I and I think Leo's great in that. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a good pick. Um, but the reason I give it to uh, Fastbender when you compare the two is because for everything Leo does, he's still a character in a Tarantino explo exploitation movie, and um, Fastbender's character is just so much more realistic. Um, and I think that just what makes it like uglier and scarier and more dangerous uh, in his performance. Uh, I love what he does in this movie. I think he could perfectly uh, encapsulates Annabelle himself, uh, where he has that real, just like Leo, he has that real thin veneer of sophistication and gentility, um, but believe it, he's just stupid white trash. And when you see this, start to see that break, and you see just how you know he 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 puts on this image of this you know very like you know important person, um, but he's just completely broken and. Um, you know, he's controlled by his wife and he has no power. The only power in the world he has is over these slaves. And he's so insecure even in that. And that drives everything he does. Um, and that, and again, that, that cut, he, he performs that so well. You just see that desperation in him. And the scene, uh, the whipping scene at the end, um, I think 
that is just one of the most – I mean, I think, like, if they would have thrown just a helicopter over that scene and just dumped Oscars out of the sky, I would have been fine with it because everybody is doing Oscar-caliber work in, the, in, in that scene. Um, but just him, like, you see, like, he doesn't want to be doing it, but he has to because his wife's pushed him, and he has something to prove, And but he's mad at it. So you, you, he's taken it out um, on, on Solomon, and it's, it's so – his performance is just so – you hate him. You de- you never obviously never sympathize with him or feel bad for him, but you see just the emptiness of what he is through that performance. Um, it's just such a well written character, and he just does so many great things with it. Um, so that's why it, this is probably the f- one. The, obviously, my top three. One of the top three uh, when when I start making this list, one of the ones I went to right away because um, this performance just blows me out of the water every time I watch it. Um. I agree with you. I think Fastbender is great. I think it's hard to choose. I choose Leo probably over Fastbender in this, but I think it's closer than you think. I think just Fastbender is one of the greatest actors working. Like, even like I've like of a scene like even Steve Jobs. I'm not in love with the performance, but overall, I know like how powerful he is. Even like in a stupid movie like Alien Covenant, the man's working like so hard at his craft. It's kind of gross how good he is. Um, so yeah, I, that whipping scene too is one of the hardest things. Twelve Years a Slave is one of the movies I've only got through one time in my life, and it took me so long to even try to get through because that first like twelve minutes is one of the hardest things I've ever watched in film. Um, so yeah, great choice overall. Three, I don't have any problem with Fassbender winning the Oscar. He does not have an Oscar, is that correct? Right? Yeah. Not yet. That's crazy. Yeah. Something needs to change. Um, uh, everybody else, real quick, on uh, 12 Years Late. Yeah, no, Fastbender is great. Uh, I, I I wouldn't pick this over Django because I think there's a little bit more nuance to the DiCaprio Django performance, but I'm not going to take anything away from Fastbender. He is really good in this movie. Uh, I, I think he's better than the person that won that award this year. Uh, so I, I he's not my favorite of the nominees nor my pick for supporting actor that year, but he is great. So I'm not going to take anything away from that. He's really good. This is the same deal as um, I forget what it was. But I know I said it before tonight. Uh, I haven't seen this since it came out. I think Jingle Unchained as well. Uh, so I don't have a really super solid opinion on it. He's good from what I remember. Very valid. You picking him? I'd lean mine, but like I get it. Uh, yeah, I think this is a good movie. I think this is a good performance. I don't think it's close to the best performance in this movie, uh, but I get it. Uh, I think it's a very, I think it's a very strong performance. I think, yeah, the scene, uh, like you were saying, the whipping scene, like, uh, as much as like Lupita Nyong'o steals that scene for everyone, like Fassbender is terrifying in that scene to watch and just like, yeah. I will say, um, both people from Dallas Buyers Club need to drop off their Oscars at a certain uh, people's house. So I will say that after seeing both. Like Cody Marinara runs through his veins. Fucking ridiculous. That movie's fucking I'm Leto. <laughs> Have not I'm seen that movie yet. That's a I'm great impression of Chris Pratt as Mario. Uh, <laughs> I was in All the right. wreck. Um, shut the fuck up. Cam, uh, yours. I am a uh, my, number... <laughs> my number three. Don't, don't you dare vote, man. You look like you're going to say something. Um, my number three 
is best director. And would you be surprised to learn that I picked a man by the name of Edgar Wright uh, for Baby Driver? Mamma mia! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we all knew this was gonna happen. No one is surprised by this choice. Uh, but no, I think like I think this is just uh, Edgar Wright doing like taking everything that he knows how to do and pulling it out in full force Whoa. and showing us like how great of a director he truly is. Uh, just like the way that the action driving scenes are directed is phenomenal, whether it be the opening chase, which is like so musical and great, or the later chases, which are just like visceral and a lot more dark, like the way he's able to carry the tone uh, through it, uh, the way he designs like the feel of this movie through the music that he's chosen to put in the film. Uh, like he directed this movie the way that a person would direct a musical. It's just all the music is soundtrack and he sets it to it and i think it's brilliant i think it's beautiful like i said the action is great not just the driving scenes but even like the foot chase through the mall i think is fantastic and has just such a great frenetic energy to it i think the romance is fantastic i think the relationship between uh baby and joe uh his uh father figure i don't know how exactly they're related it's very kind of confusing uh but it's just very well done um yeah we all knew this was coming yeah He's Edgar Wright. I I worship at the temple. Um, one thing real quick. I don't know what the new Booksmart poster bar is talking about. I didn't see anything different. I it's on IMDb. Book. Gotcha. Letterbox says so. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. This movie. I've talked about this movie before. I think this movie's good. I think it's about a four star film. I think I think there's good points of it. I think like I think there are good points. I think there are bad points in this overall. Um, I don't care that it's canceled the movie. Like I think there's really good points. I think Kevin Spacey's really good in this film. I also think Ansel Elgort's doing good. I think Lily James is really good in this film. There are parts of let's say overall crew I don't really like. I don't like Jamie Foxx in this film. I know people is like I like him. I don't like him in this movie. I think John Hamm is really good in this movie. Um, and I think the direction of like how it all like the I think the behind the scenes story of Baby Driver is almost better than Baby Driver because like how it's all was talked about like how it was like set up like they planned like the music I think or whatever before like they shot anything so it was like he, stage he, he made the soundtrack right. and then like wrote a screenplay to right so I think that's like really interesting and I would love to see the behind the scenes of that but it's not my favorite movie I still as much as I know about you and I know your love Elgar right it's kind of weird that this is your favorite movie and I know that's like just because it's a lot more actiony than like a kind of movie that you go for. So like it just speaks. Um, but yeah, I don't have any really issue with him winning best director for this. Um, I think he's a good director. Uh, he had a miss this past year, I think, but the next ones he does is probably going to be a hit. So he doesn't have, he doesn't have many misses. So um, he only has two, I believe. And no other misses. I think he has two misses in my book. Um, but uh Everybody else on Edgar Wright winning Best Director for Baby Driver. Not the best directed Edgar Wright film. I'm not going to say which one because he's going to kill me. I would say this is the best directed Edgar Wright film. Uh, I think that this movie is put together so well. Uh, it, it is a movie that really, like it or not, it uses 
all of the elements of cinema at its disposal, right? It it uses it, this is a movie that really just puts all the technical elements together, and I think that's what a great director does, and that that is, you know, I I think what Edgar Wright does here, and he's fantastic at it. I mean. The, the bell-bottom sequence everyone talks about. I love the Harlem Shuffle sequence. It's just baby going to get coffee. That is, like, such a really creatively done, like, even the, the production design isn't on it. Some of the lyrics being on the street signs. Like, this is such a well-put-together film. The Holtzman threw me for a loop. I thought he was going to answer Best Actor for sure. <laughs> no. Uh, West Side Story is not eligible, Kirk. I oh, already sorry. gave my Best Actor, Kirk. I, I've lost track. Don't, <laughs> don't take it personal. Um, no, I I don't think Wright's made a bad film. Um, I think that I like this movie. I don't love it. Um, I don't think it's badly directed. I, my complaint about it is I think it's over-directed. Uh, the term I've used before, I think it's, uh, I think it's over-stylized. Like the scene... Uh, uh, Boatman's talking about like the the Harlem Shuffle scene is just to me it's like you're watching a music video or something. Um, but that, if that's your thing, I'm not going to kill you for it. I think I, I think it's a fun movie. Um, I just wouldn't go uh, best director on this one. Mm -hmm. But Adam McKay, don't look up. Good shit, uh, Spence. I already said my piece. I'm the only one's been on your side all night. You're going to oh. come at me. I, I know. I didn't. I just. I didn't get not to good. make it. Don't look up. Make, make her take you too. No, it's okay. Kirk and I are going to be bros until he fucks it up later. All right. Uh, who's next? We're on to uh, Boatman on number two. Yeah, thank you, Roger. Uh, my, number two, my number two is uh, in the category of best director as well. It is Christopher Nolan for Inception. Uh, this is... Wow. Yeah, a shocker. Boatman loves Inception. Uh I said it before, this is a movie that made me love movies. And this movie is so well put together. Just like hearing how like they did like the, the hallway fight, which is, in my opinion, the best action scene of all time. Like that is my favorite action sequence ever made. Is that that hallway fight of the, the rotating hallway and how they put that together where they actually built that and chore choreographed that. Like, that is so crazy and impressive. Like, uh, apparently, like, the first few times they tried it, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like, got sick because he got, like, dizzy uh, from the rotating hallway, and they had to kind of, like, adjust to that. But, like, beyond that, like, the effects are astounding. Uh, the music is fantastic. I think the performances are all really good. Edit, like the, the pacing of this movie, you really feel like the passage of time on three different levels. And I think that is so cool. Uh, I, I love all the sequences in this movie. I love the little moments between uh, Eames and Arthur. You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. I think this movie like, is so well shot. It, I think it's, this is just a fantastically put-together film. Like, this just feels like Nolan used all the elements of cinema and, and really just glued it together. And it, it just feels like a true true vision to put together. I, this is the movie that made me love movies. I, I am astounded every time I watch about it that this is what I'm looking at. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, Nolan really used all of the 
techniques of cinema and then forgot how to make a movie after this. Uh, so this was the last good choice you could make. This is a good movie. He does a great job. Um, <laughs> I'm now Cody. I am yeah, now Cody. Talk to me like this and I'll fail your fucking what, what, what great your fucking talk? Muppet. All right. Now listen. Inception. Good movie. I enjoy it. Nolan's direction. Good choice. If you can't take a different choice, because I know you, I know there's a different choice. You you go back and forth, but I accept this from you. I think this is a good decision at director. Uh, though you know, last time you could have probably given him an Oscar. Uh, everyone else thoughts on uh, Nolan's last good movie? No, I'll talk first. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can go back to this. I was fully ready to oh. just refuse to speak until Coho was no longer <laughs> Let's not be mean. Coho does great work. Okay. Um, what I will say is um, this movie's incredible. Um, it's now in my top 10 of all time. Um, this movie keeps climbing. Um, this is like one of the best heist movies I've ever seen. Um, it has, this is the one that just hits on every level. Do I think there are better movies out there for me? Yes, there are. But like from technical to acting to like completion. Yes. I think this movie is absolutely one of the best of the decade for sure. Um, I rewatched it just recently. It still kills me. Like. I think Leo's giving a fantastic performance in this. Think about Leo's performance. Did he do anything in 2011? Yeah, uh, 2011. Jay Edgar was 2011. Okay. Um, no um, But overall, um, uh, yes. Nolan given directed. That's fair. Uh, picture, possibly, I would have considered. Um, but yeah, no, no problem whatsoever with this. Um, Man, I gave Coho a little bit of power. He started threatening to fail the list. This is fucking crazy. Uh, you guys have really broke him tonight. Um, okay, so great choice, Boyman. Fantastic. If you're going to give... Nolan deserves an Oscar, I think. Uh, not of his recent work, because I can't stand his recent work, to be honest with you. I didn't mind Tenet. But, like... Oh, there are some shit piles in that thing. But this one, I would... He deserves it. He deserves it. For this one. Everybody else... What? I'll go. Why you say that? Um, yeah, I think this is a great movie. Uh, I got to see this in the theater, like, I want to say in 2019 with one Jack Elizabeth Pinchuk. Um, I just wanted to say, um, no, I th like this movie is fantastic. I cannot blame Bowman for having it. I think it's directed incredibly well. Uh, just like this movie is a visual spectacle. Uh, and the way that it all comes together uh, in a movie that, like, based on the premise alone and everything that they're going for, like, shouldn't work or make any sense. And he just makes it all perfectly fit together, uh, I think is super impressive. Uh, and, yeah, the rotating hallway is great. Uh, but High School Musical 3 did it first. You know what? No, Cameron Holtzman is right. Let's just put the high school musical. Let's, 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 Not in the let's 2010s. Go away. My joke. Sinbad. Here, here's, here's the thing. Like, I'm just not as high on this movie as everybody else. And the reason is, if you you watch Boatman's, you know, I don't want to call it a rant because that sounds negative, and I enjoyed watching Boatman talk about how much he loves this movie. But when this movie came out, I was surrounded by an army of people 
who talked to me the way Boatman just talked to all of us. It got me so hyped up for this movie, and I went and saw it, and I just wasn't – it didn't live up to it for me, and it never has. Um, on a technical level, I can't tell you why this necessarily doesn't deserve an Oscar because there's – on a technical level, there's stuff, a lot of stuff going on. But that's every Dolan movie where it's a lot more you know, style than substance. Um, I do think this is his last – good one even though i don't love it i think it's a good movie and um you know objectively a good movie and it's a, you know but he you know was he had one foot off the cliff at this point um but like i said i can't tell i can't sit here and argue you know nuts and bolts of why it doesn't deserve it uh i will say that um i saw somebody's recent top 100 and my heart broke a little bit but we'll talk maybe at a later part for this um uh spence what's your two good pick Smart pick, maybe one of the correct picks. I would have given it for twenty ten. So like I get it. Oh, what's your two? I forgot you didn't talk. Oh yeah, my number two uh, is Blind Spotting original screenplay. And I had this at five for best actor. Um, so speaking of liking liking hearing people talking about movies, uh, I I remembered why I love this movie again. Listening to Rue talk about it on Top One Hundred. I think this is just like a really brilliant script. And I think that it does a, a really great job of balancing comedy and drama in a way that honestly is like 50-50. I feel like a lot of films lean one way or the other. Like this goes right down the middle. And this comedy is not just like, oh, hey, that's a funny line. Like some of it is a little absurd, especially like when um, when the guys who saw – I need to look up the character names again. When the, when the guys who saw what, what, they, what he did at the bar are – Oh, the shark, the shark bowl incident. Yeah. And like talking about it, it's like they they deliver it so well and it's funny, but it's fucking terrifying and it's awful and it balances that incredibly. Like it's such a great fucking script, and it makes me curious even like how they adapted it into a TV show. Like this is, I think this is one of the smartest screenplays written in a long, long time, and the fact that it can it can balance incredible jokes and all these different metaphors and the and the idea and. Speaking about gentrification in a way that was honestly educational for even me at the time, I think it's just a brilliant script. Uh, yeah, I had this at number five for my best actor pick. Uh, this was in contention for a lot of my categories. I thought about this for original screenplay. I thought about this for supporting actor as well. Uh, but I ended up settling for David Diggs uh, on best actor. I think he's just phenomenal in this film. The amount of emotion he is able to portray like there are full sequences where it is just like close-ups on his face and the amount of emotion he's able to carry. Obviously the standout scene in this, uh, like the garage scene at the very end where it is almost entirely just close-up on his face as you're watching him say all of this is so intense and he does such an amazing job. Like when he finishes that entire thing and then you have just like the scream of anguish from him at the end, it's just so brilliant uh to see and then just the way he like has so much like there's scenes where he's having so much fun there's scenes where he has so much pain so much anxiety like he's able to carry all of these different emotions throughout the film and i think it's absolutely fantastic yeah this performance um of the award i would probably give it to actor if i was to pick one i do like the screenplay a lot i do it's nothing. I think it's close. I think he's just doing a lot with it. Um, I think you can't put that. I don't think you can put him in. Um, 
I don't think you can put many actors in that role and get the same result. You know, and I think that's a uh, talk about him. The last scene is incredible. It was the first film I watched in 2019 uh, when I started my whole Letterbox journey, basically. And I haven't watched it since, so I probably need to go back and rewatch it. It's probably time for a watch. But a lot sticks. Uh, since then, a lot has still stayed with me from this film. I remember a lot about this film. I've only seen it one time. So that's the the power of this film. Uh, everybody, quick on uh, blind spotting. Yeah, I I think that blind spotting is a really good film. I think screenplay good. I I think both screenplay and actor it deserved a nomination. David Diggs, that the rapping scene, fantastic. Um, it was on my short list for both these categories. Um, I just really. I love this movie, and a movie like this that's so politically charged can really easily lose its way. Um, but this movie never like says like, "Hey, care about this because look, it's important and you should care." And you know, this is the issue. It makes you care because of the characters, and um, I attribute that to both the screenplay and to David Diggs, uh, David Diggs, um, in his performance. Um, I believe it, you know it's real. Like Spence says, the way it. I I did not expect. I I went in. I wanted to see it, so I was interested, but going in, I expected just a real bummer of a movie that's going to be sad, depressing, and kind of, you know, just point out a lot of awful things about the world. And it does that, but it's also very entertaining and very funny, and it walks at high wire so well. Um, and again, both performance and screenplay attribute to that. So um, good picks all around. Okay, Kirk, what's your two? Oh, well, I dodged a bullet with Lori Metcalf. I don't think I'm going to do it this time. Uh, number two, my best director is Quentin Tarantino. Once upon a time in Hollywood. <laughs> I'm in danger. Um, I said Birdman was probably the most uh, the the most well constructed movie of the decade. I think this is right up there with it. Um, the world Tarantino builds here, where it's that like 1960s, uh, you know, has one foot in reality, one foot in fantasy, has like that shine that that Hollywood shine to it um, that I know Cody hates because he hates nostalgia for this stuff um, but i think he does it so good just the way um the way it looks the way it sounds um the way it uh um the way he uses like the the sound of the cars and the sound of the music playing on the radio the commercials playing on the tv um just that ambient uh like noise and the sensory uh going on around you um is just so amazing the scene where he's dry you know where he drives you're seeing the, the lights and the and the, the movie theaters and the neon and everything and then you have an end with that crane shot over the driving um i think that's so great um it's i i, I love people say it's too long i love the way this movie's paced uh the scene at the ranch uh with brad pitt i think is just such a great standoff scene um and it just builds so well um and there's so much stuff in here that uh that he does just the, what he does with the characters, just these two characters and their relationship um, and the different journeys they're on. Uh, yeah. I, the, the ending, obviously the third act is great. And it's, you know, this is kind of like his quantum, the quantum leap phase of Tarantino's career where he's just changing history the way he wants to be. Um, and I love the, that, that twist at the end, the way it goes. Um, so yeah, this is, I, I know I'm going to get grilled by at least Cody here. Um, but I, I, I stand by this pick. I think this is one of the, uh, most well-directed movies of the decade. So the problem with this movie is not the direction of this movie. The problem with this film is the writing of this movie. I think this writing and the, the plot and the overall landscape of this movie is garbage. And that's where my stance is. I don't have a problem with his direction. Sure. And I've said this before. If this is one of his first films out of the gate, no one says anything. 
But Tarantino carries such a weight, like a Nolan, like a uh, fuck, I can't think of somebody, a Spielberg, that <laughs> Edgar Wright. Uh, when you hear his name and you see his film come out, and then you see Leo, Pitt, Robbie, the list goes on and on of who's all in this film. You're like, this fucking thing, let's go. And then dialogue is the thing he is known for. I think it just falls flat. It doesn't go anywhere. Plus, I think, honestly, it was bad by the marketing and direction of who created this thing. Because for months, almost a year, this film was talking about the Manson murders and what his take on like that. And the movie is not really that. Like it is at the like, but the ending it takes so long to get to the ending to get to that payoff. So again, my bad for overhype, probably my bad for reading into what the film was about beforehand. Do I think there's good parts of it? Yeah, I think Pitt's incredible in this film. I think Pitt's good, but overall the film I think lacks a lot. And I think a lot of people, no offense to people on this panel, give just an extra of uh, uh, oh that's okay or oh that's fine because they have their head up old Hollywood's ass and they think that's an aesthetic that they're okay with just agreeing with and thinking it's a passable film. At the end of the day, old Hollywood is old Hollywood. If you want to do that, watch an old documentary, but don't give a movie to a pass because the movie's actually not that great. If you want to watch a love level old Hollywood, write one your fucking self because this doesn't do it. Everybody else. I'm... I will. I think Spence should go last because I know how Spence feels about this movie, okay. so we'll wait for them. Uh, I will go. I will say the first time I saw this movie, I saw this in the theater. And it is the closest I have ever come to walking out of a movie in the theater. Uh, I just think it's... I, I have come around on it since re-watching it. I think it's a good movie. I think there are some pacing issues uh, that are very prevalent with the movie. I think you could easily cut half an hour off its runtime and it still works perfectly and is a far superior movie. That being said, like... Some of the things Wright does, uh, or not Wright, I'm going to keep talking about Edgar Wright. He should have directed, no. Uh, some of the things Tarantino does in this movie are really well done. Uh, I think uh, just like a lot of the, like, especially the shots where you're exploring old Hollywood and you're following those characters around, like, in the city are very well done. I think, like, weirdly, the stuff I think he directs the worst is the Manson stuff. I think the stuff when, like, they go out to the ranch is, like, really badly shot in a way. Uh, like, I think it just isn't framed well. I think it isn't very interesting to look at. Um, but it's, it's good. I don't hate the pick, but like, nah. Look, look, I'm Caleb Boatman. I'm exactly who Cody Newberry was talking about. People who, you know what? I don't get this much exploration of a world within a documentary of old Hollywood, right? I just like vibing in 1969 Hollywood. And that's what this movie is. If that's not what you want from the movie, that's cool. I've never begrudged anyone who doesn't like this movie. But I dig it because it's so much fun, Jan! Like, Jan! It's so much fun, Jan! Like, it, I just today. That should be a clip. That should be a clip. That should be a clip. Cobalt, yeah. clip that. Uh, no, God. 
Don't, don't come out to my job. <laughs> uh, like just today, I know this scene created controversy. I was watching the Bruce Lee clip again, and I get it. It was controversial, whatever. I think it's just a really fun scene. I think it's a really well put together scene. I like that moment. I I love Dalton, uh, you know, uh, trying to get himself back into character and like feeling like he messed up. Like that's great. I think this movie it just builds a world. That's what Tarantino's direction does. It builds the world. Yeah, I really like this movie. It's great. This movie's ass. I fucking hate it. I hate every fucking second of it. I will truly never understand how, like, the big, fervent, like, push this film has got. Uh, honestly, Tarantino was the one part where I was like, oh, yeah, I sort of get it. Because I think that, like, the actual, like, energy of it, I think I think is a good way of, like, directing the environment. Uh, everything else. Fuck me. It's bad. Uh, should not have sniffed this list in any category. You got Spence uh, on your side, Cody. What do you think about that? Please gonna keep me up at night. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, where are we at? Holtzman, too. My Holtzman two. two. Uh, and my two is my pick for best supporting actor. And this from a movie that I yikesed earlier. My two is best supporting actor, Sam Rockwell for The Way, Way Back. Uh, I think he's just fantastic in this film. I think if you don't have Sam Rockwell in this part, this movie does not work at all. Uh, he just brings so much fun and charisma to this character. While you can kind of tell that, like, beneath the surface at all times, there is this, like, sense of, like, not even sadness, but, like, just what am I doing with my life at all times? He's like, this is where I am, so I'm going to have fun with it, but obviously I could be in a much better place in my life. But just, like, the charisma and the charm he brings to this role is great. Like, he gives such great line delivery on so many of these lines. Like, I don't know if any other actor could pull off making a joke about, like, being trained as a child in Cambodia and how to kill clowns. <laughs> like, but Sam Rockwell, he does it. And then, like, also when there's those moments of drama, when there's, when there's those slower moments of him being a father figure to Duncan, like, he's so great in the scene. He's so great in those moments. He has such, like, this tenderness and this heart and this caring for Duncan. And then he also has just, like, the amount of under-the-surface rage that he has when he says, I'm a friend of the three, where he does not have to do anything other than just look him, look Steve Carell in the eye, shake his hand and say, I'm a friend of the three. And you know, Sam Rockwell viscerally hates this man with every fiber of his being and won't do a single thing to him because he's better than that. Like, just a phenomenal performance. Great movie. Bowman. Uh, yeah, I... Uh... Uh, I'll just say quick. Sam Rockwell's great. I picked it for original screenplay, though, because this film has so much going on. Uh, you know, it, on the surface level, it's, you know, about this kid who is on spring break, and, you know, you think it's about, like, him trying to deal with his stepdad, but it's not about that. It's about the Mets, baby. Love the Mets. All right, baby. Let's go get a home run, baby. Love the Mets. Let's go Mets. Yes. 
Coho and Boatman, partners in crime. <laughs> that was almost the most insane timing ever. Good job. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, you know, this is it's it's the found family movie, right? It, it's about feeling unloved and not really fitting in at home and just finding that group of weirdos that accepts you. And I think that uh, Sam Rockwell is great, but the, you know, it's the writing, those crazy line deliveries. It is in tune with the performances, but there's a lot of really funny jokes in this movie, but I love the, the conversation that Rockwell and uh, Duncan have uh, on the top of the tower when Duncan's just like, I don't want to leave. And he like reveals, called me a three and like Rockwell, uh, re- you know, Owen reveals like, his problems with his dad. And I also love when they first meet no patterns on my quarter. I, I want to shout out this movie was written by uh, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. Uh, Jim Rash played the Dean on community and also plays Lewis in this film. Uh, movie's great. You're forgetting stitches and sky high. Um, so I will say, I think both are factually correct. I don't think without Sam Rockwell, this movie works as well. And I don't think this movie works like the screenplay is absolutely incredible in this film. Um, So with The Way Way Back, um, I think the screenplay just breaks me at times overall. Like, I still, like, one, I had no context of the movie before I watched it. I've said this before. And when I seen Steve Carell, I was like, hell yes, this is going to be hilarious. See, Sam Rockwell and Steve Carell and never wanted to punch a dude in the face more in my fucking life. Like, what number would you give? Three. And, like, make sure he hears the three. Like, what the fuck? And, like, it has so many heartbreaking moments. Like, when she climbs all the way in the back and sits in the way, way back with him at the end. And it's just, like, it's finally over. Like, it's great. It has so many moments. It has comedic moments that really work. But the I think the this has so much heart overall. And I think the kid, like, overall, like, you know, he works so well around everybody else in that thing. But he feel, you make him feel like the awkward, like, kid, like, in the entire journey. So, Again, I've said it, it's in my top 100. I think The Way Way Back is absolutely a fantastic coming-to-age film. Um, everybody else on The Way Way Back. Great pick. That's it. I don't, I don't have a complex thoughts on this. Yeah, thing. it's been um, talked about, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I I went away this direction with either of these awards. I think they're horrible picks. Um, I lo- Rockwell's great and everything. He's like the best thing in every of these. And the only reason I wouldn't give it to him um, is because I feel like it just like go be Sam Rockwell, and you know that's no knock against him. I mean, because he has just so much natural charisma and everything. But I, I don't feel like he's doing a ton of heavy lifting in this movie. Um, and you know, and the screenplay um, is good, um, but I think the cast, the whole cast, uh, uh, carries it more. You know, makes the makes it more like the, than the sum of its parts. Um, so it's a great movie. I just rewatched it a couple weeks ago. I showed it to my daughter for the first time. Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, but it wouldn't be like something I'd I'd say would be Oscar worthy. Um. All right, we're out to ones. Boat, what's your one? My number one is uh, in the category best picture. Let's Yeah. Uh, this is Cody alluded to it. This is now my second favorite movie of all time. 
But I, I still, and you can call this a cop-out, whatever, I still stand by my two and three, have basically been interchangeable. I go back and forth. Right now, I feel like this. I made this decision partially because I felt better about putting Nolan in director than I did about Fincher in director. So that's kind of where I made that decision. But, yeah, Social Network is such a brilliant movie. The writing in uh, so much of it, uh, the opening bar scene, I think everything just comes together. Like that, the dialogue of Mark and Erica really not being on the same page whatsoever and the, the complete disconnect, but also with the editing and this, the sound design of glasses clanking in the background and everything is just so amazing. And it just goes on for the rest of the movie. I, I love just about every scene in this movie. It is, it ultimately, right? It's Mark Zuckerberg who just has this massive chip on his shoulder and something to prove to everyone. And, you know, it, it's really about that drive for success and how that kind of, you know, runs over some people and makes enemies along the way. And, oh man, like, Andrew Garfield is so good in this movie. You know, uh, Army Hammer, in spite of... He, he is very good in this movie. Remara in, like, two scenes. Fantastic. Everyone is just incredible. I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything right now. Speaking of Andrew Garfield, uh, he's real good. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I was never entirely in the camp of thinking that he's better than Eisenberg, but I still think, I still think he does like an incredible job. And I find myself more and more on like rewatching, thinking about the movie, like how driven I am to, to Eduardo Saverin of just like, it, like, it goes from this, like, oh yeah, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg is a bit of a dick. So, like, Eduardo Saverin got, like, fucked, and this is his movie. He should be the main character coming back for revenge. And I love seeing Garfield's journey through the film of just, like, this slowly more antagonistic and just, like, despising everything that Zuckerberg is. Um. So, yes, definitely in this community, Social Network is one of those movies that have um, ranked really high. I've said this before about Fincher. I just think Fincher just makes movies like completely just effortless. I think he uh, he probably gets bored to be honest with you. He's got a few misses, but overall his hits are like hits. Like they're top tier and they could all like interchange. The social network Andrew Garfield has been really good. Uh, um, I've been brought up many times about his performance in uh, uh, this movie. Uh, the 30% line is always quoted. I understand why it's quoted. Um, is this about the Phoenix? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't wear my fucking flip-flops. Like, those are, like, it's great moments. But, yeah, like, I mean, he's doing all right. If you ever looked about all the... <laughs> he's made enough, he made enough money off of uh, the being pushed out of Facebook, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah. Social network, I can see it. I understand it, uh, especially in this community. I knew it was going to be someone's best picture just when I brought up the topic. Um, but yeah, it's a great film, great performance. Both were great over a camera. I've it's it's one of those movies that's been talked to death on this thing. So um, yeah, great choice. Everybody else. Uh, yeah, this is a great movie. Uh, I think uh, both the movie and the performance that were chosen. Uh, are fully valid picks. I think 
Garfield is absolutely fantastic uh, in this movie. I think that just the way this movie all comes together is fantastic. The writing, the directing, the score, the performances, everything is firing on all cylinders. Uh, yeah, I can't fault either of these picks. Yeah, I've talked about my at length my take on this movie. Um, it's grown on me the more I've liked, I've watched it, but there's a limit. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg to me is like if nails on a chalkboard were a person. Um, I really cannot tolerate looking or listening to the guy. Um, I, I think Garfield's really good in it, uh, but I do think my my favorite per, my favorite part of this movie to watch it is Army Hammer. Uh, if I was heading out Oscars, um, my best supporting would go to him. Uh, I just think he does such a great job of playing two very distinct different characters, um, and they're I think the most uh, entertaining part of the movie. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's my take on social work. All right. Uh, Spence number one. I'm gonna shock people because my one is in best original score. Everyone's like, "Oh, whatever." That's just a whatever category. I stand by. I think that, or at least I don't think it's like I'm like a perfect opinion. My favorite score of all time is from "If Bill Street Could Talk." No, God, please, no, no, no! Cool. I don't know why you need to have like that angry bear action. Uh, I'm not going to say it's the best score ever. I know that there's a lot of differences, but it's, 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 it's a score that I turn to like when I'm upset and, or I just, I just like haven't felt anything in a while and I want to sit down and just like feel all of the emotions. I go to this. Fuck you, Coho. I think that, I think that its main theme is one Wilson, of the best. you want a job? <laughs> I think, I think, I think the main theme is one of the best pieces of music ever written i think agape is genuinely perfection and the way that it's reworked throughout the entire film to sort of to show to, to show the highs and lows of all the characters and the journeys that they're going through is incredible it, i i i really like music i think that it can it can affect me a lot in the right space especially in movies and this is it i think this is an incredible piece of art it, it, it honestly is to me more than the film I think the film is great. This is peak music, period. I love this. Oh, man. Well, I have a I have a correct list at the end of this thing. Uh, number one score of the decade is If Beale Street Could Talk. Yes! It is the correct answer. I absolutely love the score. I rewatched this movie this uh, this week, and I stand by that choice. I believe it should have won. Uh, I think the score is absolutely incredible. Um, like you act like we're like throwing the it didn't win the Oscar. It didn't get any of the thing. There's a few people that praise it, but like overall, it does not get the love it deserved. I think the score is absolutely the score moves the story so. Yeah, this this score almost plays a character in this film, like how it how it emotionally moves and makes you feel throughout this movie. I don't notice scores. I I'll be honest with you, like uh, gun to your head sometimes, but this one stands out so much. It stood out since the first time I watched it. A rewatch, it plays. Um, it did deserve to win. Fuck yourself, um, Emperor Palpatine. Fucking throw you out the window. Um, uh yeah, I 100% agree. Would it be my number one if I had to rank everything? Would it be my one? Maybe not, but it's the best score of the decade. He nailed it on the head. 
Everybody else, it feels circuit talk. I know, Kirk. Put a gun to your head. You not even know. Yeah, I watched this earlier this year for Spence's uh, Top 100, and uh, I know they talked about it there a lot. Um, obviously, engenders a lot of emotion, negative and positive. Don't recall. Uh, yeah, I think this is a very well-written score. I watched this also for the first time last year. Um, I think it's a very beautifully written score. Uh like it hits the highs that it needs to, it hits the lows that it needs to. Um, yeah, like if it weren't me and I didn't immediately go, uh, score how to dragon, like this would have been in the conversation, absolutely, because I think this is a fantastic score. Yeah, this is a good score. Uh, not one of my favorites, but it's solid. Okay, Kirk, number one of all time. Okay, number one is my best pitcher. Um, I didn't necessarily set out to put best pitcher at the top of the list, uh, but, you know, thinking I try to put it in order of, like, what most was deserving of the Oscar in that category, um, you know, specifically this year. Um, and one, when, when I made this list, there was the first uh, pick for me was this, definitely, without, you know, second hesitation. Uh, my best pitcher is Roma. You blew it! Yes, Kirk! Um, I love this movie. I tell a story like I, when this movie first came out, um, and it was on Netflix and it was a real limited release, everybody's like, Oh, you gotta see, it, you gotta see, it, you gotta see, it, you gotta see it. So, I'm like, I want to wait to see it on the screen, see it on the big screen, see you know, screen, big screen. Um, looked like it wasn't going to be able to happen. Um, so I was like, I caved in, and the only opportunity I had to watch it was watch, watch it on my phone. Um, so I watched the movie on my phone. Um, brought me to tears i was weeping when the movie was over on my phone so the next day i drove 45 minutes to the closest theater that was playing it to see i could see it on the big screen um this movie is an absolute work of art um every frame is a painting uh so much this you know the, the beach scene at the end is just a, a gut punch in all the best ways uh the forest fire scene uh where they're counting down and uh, the guy in that costume comes out and he's singing. It just, my mind cannot process some of the stuff I see in this movie. And it's not just the visuals, it's the way the story is told. Um, I love the fact that, like, everything, like, it kind of juxtaposes, you know, the, the, the nine times out of ten, the movie's going to be about the rich family and all their problems. And that stuff is literally happening off frame while this girl's story is being told. I just love the way that's set up. Uh, and her performance is so good. And all the performances are good. There's just, just so many heart-wrenching moments. Um, and just this movie is just so captivating. I think this is just the definition of best picture. Uh, particularly this year, I think this is a really lousy crop of nominees altogether. All I don't think there's a movie that comes close to this in 2018. Uh, the fact that Green Book was nominated alongside of it and Black Panther, little and Green Green Book winning is insane. Um, this should have been absolutely, without a doubt, should have been the uh, the, the first uh, foreign language film to win Best Picture. Parasite should have been second. Um, yeah, this is the, the one, one of the best movies of the decade. Definitely the best of that year. Should have won the Oscar. You know, it's a beautiful Kirk, a painting. Go watch a fucking painting. This thing is boring. Boring. I does not work for me. I rewatched it. I tried. Oh my god! 
<laughs> that is such nonsense. Now who's 11 years old, Coho? Now who's 11 years old? I'll be 11 and have hope and joy yeah. in my heart than you, yeah. you decrepit old man. You, you could be 11 and watch CGI rhinos run around and same for same fight. Get out just of here with that old, trash all the, all the movies, He is 11. Put some respect on him. This movie just doesn't work for me. Uh, and best picture of the decade. It just makes so... like. Could it be best picture of that year? Possibly. Like, I understand Green Book gets this. I honestly thought the class overall that year was not strong. If I'm being 100% honest, I don't think there was a lot of strong choices. This is just not. It's a beautiful film. Like, it is beautiful. Like, I will give it all a lot of technical Oscars. What I won't give it is anything beyond that. Anything beyond the technical, I can't give you. The same thing with Mad Max Fury Road. I understand the like te- technical aspects of it, sure, but the film itself, boring as shit. Like, I wish I connected with. I tried really hard. I like watched like the first forty five minutes. I was like, ah, this is just isn't working. I don't know. So I restarted it like a day later. Better friend of mine didn't work. Just couldn't hit. It just certain movies just can't hit for you. And this one didn't. I was hoping with age it would help a little bit more. It just didn't. Best picture I think is insane overall. Um, everybody else, quick on Roma. Uh, yeah, around the time this came out, I remember I started watching it, and then I watched them try to drive a big car through a small hallway for what felt like 15 minutes, and I went, I'm bored, turned it off, and never went back. I think it is absolutely fine. That movie's fucking incredible. I love that you put it in there. Honestly, I would have rather picked. Um, Quaron for director because I think he makes the film. He won director. No qualms about it being your whatever best picture. Fucking great pick. Quaron actually won director. That's why I couldn't give it to him for director. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Fine. Sure. Directing, I think, is film. No. Uh, All right. Number one. My number one. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Best Supporting Actress in the year 2013 should have gone to Caitlin Deaver for Short Term 12. I think that, like, this performance given by anyone is an incredible, like, a performance of this caliber given by anyone is absolutely incredible and would deserve a win. But being given by Caitlin Deaver when she is, like, 13, 14 years old. Like, being able to show this pain and being able to show this anguish, like, all the things that her character has been through and, like, how effectively she does it is phenomenal. Like, she breaks your heart on multiple occasions in this film. Like, again, the scene with her telling the story about the shark is one of the most devastating and heartbreaking scenes ever in film and it's carried on her shoulders but she doesn't just do the sadness like the scene where she is just like filled with rage and freaking attacks brie larson and it's like screaming and swearing at rami malik and john gallagher jr like she's incredible in this film the amount of emotion the amount of power she's able to bring to this role is phenomenal the fact that she wasn't even nominated is criminal in my opinion this is quickly becoming one of my favorite film performances ever and she absolutely deserved to win uh peek behind the curtain best sporting actress for the decade for myself caitlin devers short term 12 um i this movie i won't probably watch i'll watch one other time maybe i don't know this movie broke me to my core again it's i'm 
it touched a lot of a lot of sensitive points in my life, uh, especially where my kids come from. Um, and like uh, like I said in my review, a lot of the stories of kids won't ever be told. Uh, they won't ever get screen time or they won't ever make light of day of the pain and struggle that kids go through. Um, and the story of the octopus and the like is just one of the most heartbreaking. I don't, I don't think I've cried that heavy since like, like this past year for mass, I've cried that hard, but like, yeah, just incredible. I think her performance is absolutely incredible. How she just completely got missed is insane to me still to this day. I don't this entire it. movie. God. Yeah, this entire movie. 2013 was a weird fucking year for the Oscars. Let's be fucking real. Like they, I don't know what they were doing, but yeah, I think this movie is absolutely incredible. Um, and again, stays with me. Probably won't watch it, but thanks for Kim for giving me a one-time viewing of it. Uh, everybody else, real quick on this. Caitlin Dever is great. She's fantastic. Uh, I I wouldn't put her up in this echelon for me. But she's great, and I can't deny that she she's absolutely just uh, the. I mean, the the octopus and the shark is an incredible scene. But does she do LSD off of strawberries? I'll kill you. <laughs> no, this is an incredible pick. Uh, honestly, my second for this category. I just love Billy Lord a little bit more. But honestly, you could do half the shit from this movie, and I'd respect it because this is a perfect movie. Yeah, I just watched this for the first time um, recently for this. It was, on, was it on your list, Spence, for the top 100? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I watched it for that. Um, and honestly, when you said Kate, Caitlin Deaver, I just scrolled down in my head like three or four performances to like get to her. Like, like to me, she's not the best memorable in this. Um, if you said Lakeith Stanfield for best supporting, absolutely, I'm on board. You could only pick um, one thing per movie. Kirk. I know, I know, but I'm saying that's what you should have picked for this movie. Um, this would have been on my list like four times. But uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah, it's not, it's not a terrible pick. She, she's good in it. Um, I just think there was stuff for me. I mean, I think her her character is good as far as performances. There was stuff in this movie stuck a lot more. All right. Um, Bowman didn't help with time. I'll stand by that. Um, but overall, um, I was a little over on time when I told him. Uh, so we'll give it to the Oscar show. I wasn't complaining. So like... I know. I, I just told you a time and I missed it. Um, overall, so if if any of them had the separate, if anybody had the same Oscar, it went to that thing. So Billy Lord is the best supporting uh, actress for this decade and. I won't even try to pronounce it, but no, lady of it is uh, best actors. I gave the awards on everybody else's, and this is what it is. So, song is "Drive It Like You Stole It." Score is "If Beale Street Could Talk." Adapt is "Doctor Sleep." Uh, the way way back is original screenplay. Um, Leo is supporting actor. Fastbender. I said I said to Walking Dreams. I guess I gave Fastbender. I was working for best actor. Nolan gets director, and the social network gets picture. Uh, that's it. Uh, grades. We got grades real quick. Winner B goes to Bowman. Bowman, uh, Bowman, uh, gets it. Uh, just overall, I have to agree with more overall. Uh, the big short, thanks for bringing that back. I think the movies that you had, even if I disagreed, I think were correct at times. Um, the only one I would disagree with Billy Lord, but overall can't fight too much close enough being by b minus is holton holtzman was really close yeah, holtzman just said some offensive things um not <laughs> kind of thing. 
Um, and portrait of Lady on Fire as board. You did take a lot of shots at Coho, and I think you would probably. No, I said Coco. I don't. I'm, oh. I'm not sorry oh. for my shots. I took oh. at Coho. You said Coco. I said Coho. You might get last if we did grades. Um, so this is weird. Um, but uh, C is Spence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. C Spence. Um, you had the same one as me overall. I think there were some disagreements, but overall, I don't have a lot besides Portrait of a Lady on Fire, really. Um, and um, last is with a C minus Kirk. I think just Roma Once Upon a Time was your weakest points. There was just other ones I agree with, but Doctor Sleep really almost put you higher. But a lot of people have told me to say that, so I couldn't just give you full credit. Um, uh, my correct list, funny enough, this is hilarious. Um, uh, best song from now on from The Greatest Showman. I stand by. I love I respect that. What the fuck? Uh, best fourth Bill Street guitar. Best adapted screenplay. Moneyball. Best original. Hell or High Water. Um, Short term 12, Kent Whatever. Sporting actor, I give it to Al Pacino from The Irishman. Scarlett Johansson from Marriage Story. Wolf Wall Street for Leo. Uh, director, Prisoners from me. And Best Picture would be Inception this year. Uh, that'd be my correct. I stand by it. The music from Grey Showman, fantastic. Suck it. If they would have named that man Circus Man number two, no one would have a fucking it's problem with that movie. It's the Paul ever done. Huh? It's the worst thing Patrick and Paul has ever done. Nicole oh, did, what it. did they? What else did they do? No, it's not. That's not Zodowski's the worst thing they've ever Hansen. done. Did they do La La Land? They did La La Land yeah. and Dear Evan Hansen and the Great. Okay, show. La La Land and Dear Evan Hansen bullshit compared to uh, that. So, um, we'll stand by that. Uh, they also did a song for trolls. I that's okay, what I was referring to. Is the song from Trolls? It's the worst thing they've ever. Get the fuck off the screen. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap up so you can go home and go to bed. Okay. What? Nothing. Okay, I don't know what we're doing next week. I still don't have a list. I have some people that say they will do it. So here's the topic: we're gonna put we're gonna put a poll out. Two options, three options will go on the board. One, we will do romantic comedies if I get enough lists. List two: best films studied for trivia. We will do next week. Very best cool. films, best films that you've done for movie trivia. Um, I also might do a third combination if we can agree on it. It will be a, like a weird mix list, but best and worst films watched for trivia in a ranked list. Um, I think it would be awkward, weird, but it might be a little fun. We can talk about best and worst at the same time. Both that poll will go up. I'll have Cole put it on the Facebook page, and we'll talk about it, and we'll see what happens. Then Sidney Lumet. If we're going to do this list, Kirk needs list. If not, Kirk will pick something else. Watch we'll the movies, that. even if you don't make the show. You'll thank me for it. Just watch the Lumet movies. Put a list together, please. Um, but overall, I want everybody like, and then we're doing athletes, sports athletes. I have enough. Uh, I know this is going to be the lowest viewed show. I don't really give two shits. We're going to talk sports. Come on the show. Net the following week, movie posters on Letterbox. Pick your movie poster off Letterbox. It's a really easy thing. You don't even have to see the movie almost, but I like I, it. Makes sense. That new Booksmart poster, complete ass. Uh, the next one. Directors uh, to remake cl a classic. I think it would be interesting. How many can Edgar Wright really do? Ten. Uh, Cam, Cam is going to tell us. And then the next week, best Oscars of the 2000s. This is the exact same show. Same panel. In the 2000s. Hopefully. <laughs> it would be really interesting if we did the same panel, but I would like some maybe somebody different. Um, and, uh, More Kingsman. 
<laughs> I think Coho yeah, wants to be on that one. So Coho will probably be on that list. Um, he'll replace one of you guys. Uh, if no one else. Please, send me your list. Uh, the poll will go on the Facebook page tonight. Somebody just vote on it. Let me know. So, And then send me a list. If you're going to vote on the poll, we'll send me a list so we can do a show next week. If not, we'll just take a week off. Fuck it. I don't give a shit. Uh, thank you all for being on. Thank you, Coho. They may have given you shit, but I appreciate everything you do behind the scenes. And Kirk, thanks for being the number three on our team. Uh, see you next week. Your guilt has been determined. This is merely a sentencing hearing. Now what will it be? Death or exile? You better lawyer up, asshole. Because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. So Normally, I would say Alfida Zing. But since what Alfida Zing actually means is till I see you again, and since I never wish to see you again, to you, sir, I say good. <laughs>